Deborah Winger is Emma Greenway Horton. I got some good news. I'm officially pregnant. If you're not happy for me, I'm gonna get so mad if you're not happy. Shirley MacLaine is Aurora Greenway, her mother. Why should I? Why should I be happy about being a grandmother? Jack Nicholson is former astronaut Garrett Breedlove. to terms what is it mom you are not special enough to overcome a bad marriage <laughs> listen to her she's going crazy Emma, your mother boycotted your wedding she hates your husband and she only holds you in medium esteem <laughs> oh and that's the first time i stopped hugging first <laughs> going to get better if you keep having children with that man what miracle is going to come along to rescue you wait over by the car honey no come on wait over by the car honey but i want wait over by the car honey now 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 i don't really think he wants to have anything more to do with me is it because you wouldn't go to bed with him on a first date emma it's hardly a first date, Mother. I mean, you've been living 10 feet away from him for 15 years. Why don't you talk about the real reason? I don't, I don't know what you mean. Because it's been about that long since you've done it. Terms of Endearment. Welcome back to the show, everyone. Woo! <laughs> Did you bring your box of Kleenex? I mean, I still eight? have all five hankies in my pockets mm-hmm. right now. Um, for more reasons than one. Everybody out there listening, my name is Pete. And I'm Scott. And, and these, these are, are the movies, movies that, that made us gay. gay. Welcome yes. back to the show. Welcome Very back. special episode. Indeed. This is not quite our Mother's Day episode. We missed that <laughs> by a couple months. But, but it still could be. There's plenty of time yeah. for that. So, oh Darren Stein from Jawbreaker, director of Jawbreaker, a movie that we have covered on the show. Darren Stein, welcome to the show. Well, Thank Thomas you for Decker. having me. Really fun episode. We had a lot of people reach out of how much they enjoyed that one. Yeah. And I've always wanted to get you on the show, and now here you are sitting on our couch. Yes, Such indeed. a joy to have you. Yeah. And when I reached out to you for an episode, I think that you immediately said Terms of Endearment. Like, it was the first title, and I was like, great. On the books. I can't wait. I love this movie. <laughs> I love it too. And I people are surprised that I'm into very emotional, sort of like dramatic, mm. um, I don't know, comedy dramas like Charles yeah. Endearment. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just feel like they don't get covered. You know, we lean into the camp, the comedy, the right. sort of like mm-hmm. kitsch, the edgy, the underground. And like, why not give a moment to Shirley MacLaine and Deborah Winger? Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, well, the thing is, like, this movie has a, a storied history. And Deborah Winger, I guess, was a pretty kind of punk rock like movie star. Yeah. For the 80s, mm-hmm. right? I mean, when did Officer <laughs> and a Gentleman come out? I can't. Was that sort of the movie that launched her? Probably. Like, kind of to the yeah. A list? Yep. Yeah. I want to say that was like early 80s, like 1980. Yeah. Um,. um all I know is that song, Love Lifts Us Up. I mean, it, that, is a, that is a great song. It's uh, sexy. An Officer and a Gentleman, Scott, the always year says, before. Okay, yeah, 82. Scott, okay. you always <clears throat> mention how it's a 
that's a movie for grown-ups. Yeah, and that's one of those things that I've never <laughs> seen, Officer and Gentleman, just because that does have a adult sheen to it that still to this day, I'm in my like mid-30s, that I'm just like, that is a movie for grown-ups. I saw that as a kid. I think I enjoyed it. I had the Z Channel, which was a very... Yes. Special. <laughs> Before home video, there was yeah. the, Z the Z Channel, Z channel yeah. which you could only get in Los Angeles, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think that played on there, and I, I watched it. I liked anything that was, like, not for kids. That, yeah, oh, that, yeah. Of course. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, but didn't stay with me like terms. <laughs> Absolutely. We had on TV, which was very similar to the Z Channel. Um, I kind of specific memory, not about Terms of Endearment, but my sister, this is in 1982, uh, I'm in the first grade, which puts her in the fourth grade. She got invited to a birthday party from one of her school friends, goes to the birthday party, comes home. My mom says, how was it? She said, we went to the movies. My mom said, great. What did you see? She said, an officer and a gentleman. (laughs) And me, I don't know anything. I'm six. I'm like, what's going on? And my mom is she's like why the hell did this woman take a bunch of fourth grade girls to see an officer and a gentleman and we never forget my sister and i to this day every time we talk about this movie we're like, i love oh my that God. remember when you were eight and you, you got taken dragged to that movie <laughs> those movies change your life everyone has to have an inappropriate gateway movie. oh absolutely yeah. oh my goodness but you know like we were saying deborah winger uh kind of Short-lived career, I guess. Well, I mean, I don't, I don't really know what Deborah Winger, Winger's deal is. That I don't know <laughs> if she stepped away or if Hollywood just quit casting her. I'm Maybe not sure a what happened either. I do know that Shirley MacLaine, in her ex- acceptance speech, yeah. yep. she mentioned the quote-unquote turbulent brilliance yes. of Deborah Winger. Uh, Very much like a mother and daughter relationship when filming the movie, right? Mm-hmm. And James Brooks mentioned that, like. I watched this interview with him where he said that when they were on set, they fell into this very specific dynamic mm-hmm. that was nothing that he imagined or thought of and, and would have pictured. Sure. But he just leaned into it and it turned out to be exactly mm-hmm. what they needed. Okay. Um, turbulent brilliance is amazing. Um, I, Does she say that in the Oscar speech or the yes, Globe the Oscars. Speech? We just yeah. watched yeah. the Globe speech, which is probably 10 minutes long. It's like they're giving Shirley like the Lifetime Achievement Award and she's <laughs> accepting it. I wonder if that was, was that before after that's usually before the Oscars, yeah. right? Yeah, before. Yeah. And she did, did she give it? Was it was there any sh- like shady dig at Deborah? She definitely noted that none of them were there. Of that, she's just like I'm the only one from our movie here. Deborah, Jack, and wow. Jim Brooks okay. didn't yep. show up to the Globes. I don't know. I don't know if Jonathan Lithgow, but I th- was nominated for the Globe. But yeah, but I think also it was just her. in 1982, the Golden Globes were still on like TBS mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. that point, so they were not as prestigious as they became later on. I just love that Deborah was up against Shirley for Best Actress. What? Yeah. And I mean, hell? I have <laughs> what a, she thinking? I have a list of the. Um, the five movies to have the two best actress nominations. Do you, can you think of them off the top of your head? No. Other movies that got two best actress. It had dueling time. The dueling actress competing for lead. All I can think of is Thelma and Louise. Thelma and Louise. Yeah. And all about Eve. Right. All about Eve. Suddenly last summer, Liz Taylor (gasps) and Catherine Catherine Hepburn. Hepburn. Oh shit. Um, The turning point, Shirley MacLaine and Bancroft. Okay. Yeah. I think those were the other ones. Okay, and it's one and it's one of those things too that I don't think you could put Deborah in supporting. 
No. She's she's too much of a lead and she's she's a co-lead of this movie. These two women hold their own oh completely. Gosh. Oh my yeah. god. Like there's there's no one outshining the other. Yeah. It's a complete just but would embarrassment it have, of riches. But would it have been a shoe-in? Would she have immediately just gotten it if she got if she put herself in supporting? Probably. A little Marsha Gay Harden kind of <laughs> I don't know how that works. Yeah. All, all, all I know is, you know, I think Shirley deserves the award oh, yeah, just for yeah. the yeah. give my daughter the shot. Oh my god! <laughs> I mean, especially for an actress that had been hoofing it in Hollywood since like the late fifties, and to be able to play yeah. a character who's so narcissistic, mm-hmm. so damaged, wears it just on her <laughs> sleeve. There's nothing subtle, but it's so nuanced. Yeah. And it's 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 kind of a, it's just one of the performances that shouldn't work and it does. Yeah, yeah. And Shirley really gets the comedy of this movie, mm-hmm. which I could see a lot of actresses going straight for the drama. But I mean, Shirley's funny in this movie. She is. Everyone's funny. It's it's yeah. so the way James Brooks. Pay, first of all, the pace of this movie. Yeah. For two hours and yeah. whatever, yeah. It, it, it fucking flies by. moves. Yeah, yeah. Like before, Amazing. you know, you're like, oh. Gotta watch. Ter- we're watching terms of fuck. It's two hours, <laughs> yeah. and then as soon as you start, you're like, "Oh, it's over." Oh, what? What? Shit. what happened? I'm yeah, cr- I am in tears. I'm <laughs> going to bed now. Okay. <laughs> I know that I start to get nervous when it gets to be almost an hour and forty minutes, and the and the tumor subplot hasn't come up. Then mm-hmm. I'm like, "Oh man, yeah. this movie's for- this movie's going to take a turn." I almost in like forgot five about minutes. it last night. I was mm-hmm. like, "La di da, let's go." And then she takes the little the daughter to the doctor mm-hmm. to get the shots, and I was like, "Oh shit!" Right, but then they I go forgot. to New York. And yeah. Yeah. All, that's one of the most comedic sequences in the film when all those like uppity new, neurotic New York ladies are like, yeah. we hear you have cancer. Tell us about it. And it's, it's hilarious. There's some Simpsons jokes in this movie like oh, yeah. that were yeah. lifted from this movie and mm-hmm. are in Simpsons episodes. Mm-hmm. Like the woman, Lizbeth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's no, like straight Lizbeth. out yeah. like in a Simpsons episode. I love that shit. And it's- Deborah Winger's character ability, her character's ability to laugh at herself. Oh my God. In yeah. the face mm-hmm. of death. Yeah. Even up to the very end when she's like saying goodbye to her kids, mm-hmm. she has, there's a sweetness and hopefulness to yeah. that character. And I have to think so much of that is Deborah? Sure. Yeah. Because oh, yeah, she sure. just mm-hmm. is such a kooky. I, I, I overuse calling people kooky, but. <laughs> and it's, and is it one of those things Deborah that Deborah Winger. Winger just has strong opinions? And when a woman has strong opinions on a movie Possibly. set, immediately labeled a bitch or yeah. difficult. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, just in the early scenes with her and Patsy, you know, when they're like smoking the joint on the night before her wedding day, and they're just like. And just how Deborah Winger is so physical with her scene partners. Oh, yeah. I. Mm-hmm. I like the in way everybody's she, face, yeah. And the way body. she grabs her mother and kisses her on the lips, yeah. Or she kisses one part where she kisses Patsy on the lips. Mm-hmm. There's something so inappropriate about her choices, yeah. But that feels also very human, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. And I don't, you know, somebody, I don't see anything in the performance that says difficult. No, yeah. That's what's weird to yeah. me. Yeah, yeah. I I see, like you said, like nuanced mm-hmm. and bringing things in and the physicality, and, yeah. You know, popping a zit on, you know. Jeff Daniels' shoulder as he's on the phone and him not even reacting to it and all that stuff is just so, like... Like, if anyone's difficult, you you think it's going to be Shirley MacLaine. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Totally, totally. Um, We haven't talked about... We usually start off these episodes with... Early memories. Our earliest memory of of seeing the movie. Yeah. Um, Okay, I'll tell you you mine. Yeah. I saw this movie... Okay, I was born in 71, Mm -hmm. so it came out in 82, correct? So I was 11. 83. 
Oh, 83. So I was 12. Released November okay. 23rd, 1983. Because okay, so I was 12. I saw this in Westwood at the Bruin, which is still there, yeah. with my grandfather. Wow. Now, which one, which one is That's that? the one across the street from the okay. village. The little one. Where Licorice Pizza just played. No, they're yeah. both pretty big theaters. Okay. Is that the one that Margot Robbie goes to in Once yes. My Time in Hollywood, yes. or is yeah. the other one? No, that's it. It's that one, yeah. She goes, it's that one? She okay. goes to the Bruin. All right. I saw it with my <clears throat> grandfather. I think my grandmother might have been there, but I just remember him more clearly because he was like my, my movie buddy. Sure. And I remember just being completely enraptured by the film. And it was the first time that I cried in a theater. Yeah. And I felt like this really mixed, this, this like mix of embarrassment and yeah. shame about mm-hmm. it. Because you're a boy and yeah. boys don't cry, especially not in public in a theater. Mm-hmm. So that was a very like loaded, awkward uh, experience that I felt sort of embarrassment about. Yeah. Yeah. Um, how about your I, I love that story, though. That- yeah. <laughs> and seeing it with your grandfather was yeah. nice because it's about family. Yeah, and yeah. it's such that. a family. Yeah. yeah. Um, my mother, uh, I think, is about Deborah Winger's age. And I was probably about six, six or seven when this came mm-hmm. out. So I did not see this in the theater, but I have a lot of memories of my mother and my grandmother quoting this movie a lot to each other. And my mother, what always say to us, wait over by the car, honey. Wait over by the car. Yeah. <laughs> oh, she always tells us, wait over by the car, honey. I love that scene because it's actually how parents talk to their children. <laughs> and you never <laughs> see stuff like that in movies and TV. Never. Yeah. And then she's like, Too. by the car. Yeah. By the car. Yeah. And then the lift no. gal's like, yeah. your children are so well behaved. I and love- you handle them so, so beautifully. I love it. <laughs> um, you know, I... Being in the grocery store, my mom just saying, like, she doesn't have enough money. Just, like, constantly quoting this movie and always thinking that it was so hilarious. And my my stepfather to this day talks about the bug up our ass having to die. Like, oh, you want a drink? Got to kill that bug up your ass. And, you know? Um, and it took me a while to actually see it. When We had a lot of movies that we would record off of television, off of cable. Um and we had this for a long time. And one day when I was a teenager, I was finally just going to sit down and watch it. Oh, boy. <laughs> Knocked my socks off. Three by, by yourself? Yeah, I watched it alone. Yeah, I was just like, I'm just going to watch. Took it upon myself. I, I watched a lot of TV and movies as mm-hmm. a kid and a teenager. And so I just watched it alone. And um, I think I had actually seen Steel Magnolias first. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Talk about that. Yeah. Um, I like mean, that versus terms for you. Well, I, I, even though Steel Magnolias has a, a big tragedy in it, and there's a death scene, and Sally Field has her big moment, even as a kid, I was like, okay, this is a little bit more in like a um, melodrama, right? The comedy to me in Steel Magnolias was everything. And I loved yeah. specifically Shirley MacLaine. And Olympia Dukakis. I knew that they had kind of aged her up in Steel Magnolias. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing this and thinking, wow, like she looks amazing. <laughs> I know this movie's older, we, but like, we, geez. We they searched really... her age, 47. No, she was she was closer to 50. He was about 46. Oh, okay. She was about 49. He was. Oh, that's Jack, right. That was Jack's Jack age. Was Which kind of blew our mind. When we found that Wait, out. Wait, Jack is 46 in terms of endearment? Yes. He was born in 37. <laughs> he looks like he's like 50. Doesn't he look like he's in his mid to later 50 yeah. house? We were both like, holy That's cow. Insanity. It's insane. Um, but yeah, I just, 
I, I don't know. Something about this movie just made the direction, the dialogue, all of those nuanced performances made it just feel so much more like less of a movie, you know, and Sally and Dolly and all those characters kind of make Steel Magnolias a little bit more theatrical. And this is a little bit more of a real kind of movie, you know, you know, they go to New York and they, you know, um, and the tone of comedy and drama yes. that mm-hmm. only James L. Brooks, honestly. Yeah. Like he is the master of that yeah. genre. Yeah, like I feel for like sure. there's no one, there's no film to me that comes close to terms of endearment for the comedy drama and the tears. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, and, sh- and Shirley's performance, it's like sta- it's staggering right out the gate. First shot of the movie. It's crib death. But the yep. way she says it is funny. Like even yeah. Aurora knows it's not crib death. Did you she Aurora is just I need my I need my baby to mm-hmm. to listen to me and to be awake and to be here when I want her to be awake. So I'm gonna wake her up, make her cry, <laughs> and then walk out of the room. <laughs> And, and then she goes. That's better. That's, that's better. better. <laughs> did you did you uh, did you notice who the off screen voice of her husband is? It's oh, Albert. It's, it's Albert Brooks. Isn't it? Oh, wow. I think that I, I mean, read it was yeah, Albert it's, Brooks. It's, yeah, it's Jim Brooks. Which is so like it makes a, sense. Yeah. sort of like a Jim Brooks connection. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I even as like a teenager, I was just like, and I, again, I loved you know Miss Weeza and all that, and and her, I thought her she was such a standout in Steel Magnolias, but I was just like, okay, this is this is well, you know, the real funny. deal for me. I saw this before Steel Magnolias. Mm-hmm. This film had such an impact on me that when I saw Steel Magnolias, which again I saw in the theater mm-hmm. in New York City. When I was in NYU, I was just like, this is no terms of endearment. Right. That's all I can think yeah, to myself. Yeah. <laughs> and people were like tripping over themselves about it. And all the gays were going crazy. And yeah, it's, it's hilarious. So much love about it. Yeah. But yeah, it is based on a play and it's theatrical, you know? Mm-hmm. And I just feel like terms of endearment just literally fucking blows it out of the yeah. water. Yeah. Agreed. Yeah. Which is terrible to say. I don't, it's, no. not a, it's not a com- – you guys, it's not a competition. It's not a competition. Yeah. It is – stop it. <laughs> so you're saying all of our listeners who like Stone Magnolias can just go straight to hell. No. Right? No, it's heard not it first. It's totally not a, No, it's, but, but, but it's, it's, isn't it funny how how and when you see a movie? Oh, sure. Totally. Yep. Yeah. Not just that movie, but every other movie. You know, it's, Absolutely. It's funny, yeah. Well, it's that thing too. Like if you hear a cover of a song, a lot of times people will be like, well, I prefer this version. And everybody's like, no, shut up. But it just colors that mm-hmm. kind of – it informs really just like oh I think uh, that the um the parent trap is a good example is how you can sort of date someone of how old they are <laughs> of what version of the parent trap they like the Lindsay version yep. the Lindsay version versus the Haley version the clearly superior version <laughs> Scott do you remember when you first saw Terms so, of so I remember uh when the Evening Star came out when I was a kid oh, and boy. sitting in the theater and when you revisit that trailer for the Evening Star Terms of Endearment of Remember Terms of Endearment, the movie that made you cry? Well, we're going to, like, buckle <laughs> we're up. We're back. We're back. <laughs> and I just kind of remember, like, okay, I know that I've seen the box for Terms of Endearment at my grandma's house because she had it on video, but I'd never seen it. So I feel like I would have tracked it down after um, I did not see The Evening Star in the theater, but I just sort of became familiar with, yeah. oh, okay, Terms it, of Endearment. It was big news when, it, yeah. when the evening star came and out. And I love that was... when Shirley MacLaine was on Rosie at the time <laughs> and she was doing press for it, she refused to call it a sequel. She said, it's another chapter. It's another chapter of, like, Terms of Endearment. 
So I thought that was pretty funny. But um, <laughs> I think that I would have watched this movie with my mom. Like, good mother and son and gay son, like, cinema. Mm-hmm. think that I watched it with my mom, loved it, and then I feel like very, very shortly... I double featured it with the Evening Star. Okay, a movie that I think that we could do a full episode <laughs> on because I remember being obsessed with Scott Wolf in that movie. All right, it was like a, that was like a gay awakening for you. Yeah, yeah like yeah. Scott Wolf as like the aspiring underwear model boyfriend of Juliette Lewis. So yeah, you know what I wait. Did, first of all, did you and your mom cry together? Of course. <laughs> mm-hmm. well, we have to get into that. I yeah. mean, yeah. <laughs> and was that the first time you cried together in a movie? I mean, possibly. I don't really know. And the okay. last time. <laughs> Dev, I, don't, I don't know if it's the last time, but yeah, I remember watching it together. Okay. Mm-hmm. I think that we would have watched it in like like the sewing room, too. The like sewing. how just sort of specific yeah, yeah. is that for like a memory? Very, very gay. Yeah. Very gay. I'm yeah. Very mm-hmm. <laughs> but um, sort of, I am sort of at the generation where I do think of Terms of Endearment in the Evening Star like connected. Because they were very yeah. close of when I first watched them. Mm-hmm. I was such a mega Terms fan that when Evening Star came out and it got bad reviews, and like, like, mm-hmm. I think I said to myself, I'm not even watching that. Yeah, I never saw I it. You're just even, like, I knew it. I didn't even, I refused to see it. Yeah. Have you ever seen it? No. I can't, if, I, it's, no. if I did, I can't remember it. It's but, kind of a mess, yeah. but I would say, check it out. I will. No, I will mm-hmm. now. And Juliet, I remember thinking, okay, Juliet Lewis is in it. That's cool, but no Terms of Yeah, yeah. And yeah. kind of shady that the two sons, they recast them. They recast them as Mackenzie Ashton and... um, George Newbern. George Newbern. And I didn't find out until last night when Pete told me that uh, Troy Bishop, who plays the oldest son, is in Scream. He's one of the the teenagers Mm -hmm. that the Fonz expels. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, oh my God. Like He was even a working actor at the time, and they could not bring him in. The older brother in in terms of endearment scowls through the entire movie. The whole movie, he's just like, he's miserable. That kid is (laughs) not having it. No. I I kind of want to say that that performance is camp. Yeah. Yeah. No way. It's terrible (laughs) to say. The kid is so fucking miserable. It's like... I, I feel like out of all the performances, maybe he is the least nuanced. Sure, sure. But he's the most one note. But he's genuine, genuine, He's genuinely miserable. Yeah, yeah. he is. That's okay. He is. I yeah. mean, the a par- lot of kids are probably genuinely yeah. miserable. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> I mean, the parents mm-hmm. left him outside and fucking had sex. Oh my god. He's like, Ugh, when he him. that shot of that little boy putting on his coat and going and it's sitting really on those steps it's really sad. will just rip your heart in half. <laughs> <laughs> Because my mom and dad did that to me. Oh, jeez. <laughs> no, they did. I remember coming to the... I used to be in my crib being, like, crying. And my mom would, like, throw ch- a handful of Cheerios oh my into the crib. <laughs> and then it, that would, like, for 45 minutes, I'd run sure. around and eat the Cheerios. Because apparently I was a demand eater even back then. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> um, you know, when, when they age up Tommy and then they have the other brother who's now the, you know, the younger one, that little boy... He's incredible. And that actor's name is Huckleberry. Huckleberry. Huckleberry (laughs) We love Huckleberry. Huckleberry Fox. But Huckleberry Fox in this movie, everything he does, I'm just like, rip my heart out. Mm -hmm. That might be one of the best child performances of all time. Oh my God. When, you know, because they they kind of show, you know, he he follows his brother everywhere. Mm -hmm. But. Tommy is so pissed off this whole movie. Tommy's pissed. He, Even when his mom is dying, he's fucking yeah, pissed. He's still pissed. He's like, I, yeah. I, I like says, you. 
<laughs> but then she's like, one day you're going to realize that you love me. Oh my God, it's so hard to watch. It's so hard to watch. But the but Huckleberry <laughs> is just like, yeah. he just wants to follow his brother around. And sometimes older brothers can be really mean to their younger brothers. That was me. Yeah. You know? I was and really mean to my brother. Yeah, I, yeah, my brother and I really were like at each other's oh, throat yeah. a lot. Um, and you just feel, and he, but he still follows him around. And when, and when Tommy's like giving her lip, he's just like, cut it out. Like he's behind her, mm-hmm. like telling him to shut up. And I love when he reveals that his mom was too lazy to go looking for like a Boy Scout uh, oh, yeah. program for him. Yeah. Oh my Cause gosh. Cause you, you learn about that character, yeah. Emma. You're yeah. like, oh, well I just thought she was on the phone with her mom all day. Well, I guess she was kind of lazy, <laughs> yeah. mm-hmm. you know, they, and they, they, really they don't present it. her in that light until yeah. like I like how they dole out information about Emma. Yes. Because yeah. we never yeah. it never makes us you know, sort of judge her or not like her until mm-hmm. that moment at the end when Tommy's like, Well mom, she was lazy. We talked a little bit about Scott's sexual awakening during um the evening star. But when I first saw this movie I was probably in my early teens. We had you know, we just had a, a VHS copy of it from, you know, cable or something and I watched it. And I remember being that young, probably like 13, 12, 13, 14, and watching it and just thinking, okay, Jeff Daniels. Can get it. All yeah. right. All right, Jeff Daniels. Kind of a stealth hottie. He's, mm-hmm. And it's like, for most of the, well, I, get, I mean, I don't know. He's cheating on her. He's running around on her. But he's adorable. But yeah. he's just, yeah. <laughs> you do mm-hmm. not care. You know? And guess what? She doesn't care either. And yeah. Mm-hmm. She, she keeps coming back for that <laughs> Jeff Daniels dick. You yeah. Know, she wants it. And there is that scene when baby Melanie's sick and the steam is going and he's standing there and shot him at the door boxers yeah. at the it's door, it's super all hard. steamy. And that 1983 Jeff Daniels body. I'm just like, Oh my God. I feel like I might've wore out the pause button. It was VCR d- uh, for that scene. Did you grow up on welcome home? Roxy Carmichael. <laughs> uh, Writer. That, that was a with, little writer. I, yeah. I, I never my, also super cute in that movie too. Well, my, my Winona, I go back to Lucas with her. Oh, yeah. sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I thought Lucas was super cute and the boys and that, you know. Oh, my goodness. Yeah, and, and Alec Baldwin and, and, and Beetlejuice. Yeah, you absolutely. Know. Yeah, um, totally. Al- wait, Alec Baldwin and Married to the Mob. Hello. Oh, my God. Have that's you guys like, covered that on the show? Not yet. I would, yet. I would yeah, love to really do a Married to, get to I it. I would love to do a Married to the Mob episode. Okay. That's the one where he we get the shots of him in the black briefs. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> also, Mercedes rule. Mercedes like, well, yeah. rule. Should have won rule. the Oscar for that movie. Like, she great. fucking destroys those eggs. <laughs> and she's like, if I ever... And she's like crunching these eggs and she's holding... It's, uh, you don't want to fuck with that bitch. I mean... It's, 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 it's kind of heavenly. Yeah, yeah, totally. But yeah, I, I have specific memories of Jeff Daniels. And now it's like I see him and he's got this little like lip curl thing going on. And like even like Jeff... Daniels today, and I was like, well, was he in like The Martian or something? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm think just so. like, Mar- okay. Mars Attacks? Whatever. No, it was okay. in The Martian okay. with, with Matt Damon. Okay. Like, kind of recent. That's right. Mm-hmm. And you know, it's like, okay, he's, you know, late 50s, early 60s, getting up there, but I'm just like, I don't know. He just has that, cu- he's flap. He's he just has that cute face. Flap's adorable. Yeah. Still. Yeah. Yep. And, um, Aurora's relationship with Flap, and I, I love how she just tells. Emma, just like, nope. Yeah. He's not, no, he's not going to free. Like, she doesn't dance around it. Mm-hmm. That scene where, he, where she comes in to her bedroom for that conversation is really, really good. And mm-hmm. she just says, don't come to my wedding. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I love at the end when Flap fails Emma. Yeah. On the deathbed. 
<laughs> he's like, do you want the girls? That's and, that's and when she's it like, really. He's like, yeah. we both know that. I, yeah. I, I don't. Yeah. And you see the a flicker of disappointment in her yeah. face. Yeah. Yeah. And she's like, that's okay. Mom, mom should have them anyway. Yeah. It's that's so, the scene. It's so yeah. sad. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This movie gets hum- human nature. Like not many films do. Yeah, well, totally. and it's that scene that's right before where um, Shirley MacLaine is like, "I'm taking the kids." <laughs> yeah, because let's be let's let's be real. Let's be real. Yeah, you yeah. can't handle this. Mm-hmm. And he's like disagreeing with her of like, "No, I'm the dad," mm-hmm. but you can kind of see deep down yeah. he knows that she's right. But in that scene, I kind yeah. of hoped, I kind of felt yeah. like that he might change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That he might want those kids, but with. He doesn't. Yeah. It's kind of sad, but real. Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, uh, Emma's kind of joking when she says, like, I don't want what's what's the girl, the the other woman. Patsy. No, no, no. The woman from the college that he was seeing that oh, she yeah, caught him with. Her name, yeah. yeah, she was just like, I don't want her raising right. him or whatever. She's and, awful. Yeah, she's awful. Just running away. Ru- Wait, running away from wait, her with that, the stroller. How many children got hurt in the making of this movie? <laughs> yeah. That... <laughs> That metal stroller that she's in. There's one child in the stroller. Hucking her down the stairs. She's chasing him. And then he's got a baby in a baby uh, container that he's holding in front, chasing her through a college campus. Shaking baby syndrome. They did not not use a fake baby in that scene. Shirley MacLaine. This was the 80s. And also Shirley MacLaine and uh, the young actor... Troy Bishop when oh, she, she like, slaps him when across she slaps the him and they fully like rustled to the ground. <laughs> that was real too. Mm-hmm. That, I mean that was real because he swats at her. Oh yeah. And she grabs his hand yeah. and she's like, Hey This movie is Douglas Sirk <laughs> level. Serious. Just melodramatics, <laughs> yeah. but, but played for re- in a yeah. real way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. But yeah, there's that that scene where I'm just like, what kind of father is just gonna be like Fine, take the kids, but I I don't know. Maybe I mean I'm sure I there are plenty love... of dads who are just like okay. oh, dude. There's a million deadbeat okay. dads. Yeah, I love that. By the end, Flap is still a fucking loser. Yeah, yeah. He, yeah. Doesn't, he does not change. I did, you, there's I no did, arc. Yeah, for him. I was gonna say I've seen this movie a million times, yeah. and I still expected an arc. It's a shocker. And there's it's a not. shocker. Yeah, yeah. Because you want him to do well. Because he's so cute and sweet. Yeah, there's, yeah, yeah. And there's a sweetness to Flap. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There is a sweetness and a goodness to him. Yeah, do you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. But I mean, once. Once he comes to her and says, I want to move us from Iowa to Nebraska. He's an asshole. For no extra it's money. It's like, bro, you're, you're moving out of state for a lateral That's when you're job. like, what the fuck? That's when we were like, wait a minute. No. This is something, no, no, something no. wrong Something's here. wrong here. Yeah. Um, He's like, it's head of the department. It's all his ego. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and maybe also the girl. We find oh, out later sure. that the she's girl, there. Yeah. When yeah. they get to Nebraska, she's there. And mm-hmm. she's just like, fuck me, and dude. she's so robotic. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh. Um, we talked a little bit about Patsy. I want to talk more about their uh, relationship. A, Patsy's an icon. I was reading that um, I was <laughs> reading that, that Kim Basinger was offered this role and turned it down to make another movie. Okay. Oh, Her wow. loss. Did you guys read that Sissy Spacek was up for the Deborah Winger role? Sissy Spacek. It was between yeah. Sissy and Deborah. Wild. Up until the last minute. That would have been a completely I, I mean, different. It would. Mm-hmm. It would have been a different vibe. But I. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Sissy's a pretty good actress, so oh, yeah, it could have worked. Yeah. Like Deborah, you cannot imagine. No, yeah. anyone else. Yeah. It's like casting has this like faded quality to it. If yeah. They, that you can't. You know. Like, I, I, would, like I didn't want to cast Rose in Jawbreaker. I was really? like, that would be too obvious. Oh, uh, okay. Sure. Yeah, the yeah, little yeah. too on the nose. Yeah. And then, after yeah. seeing her in Doom Generation, I was like, she's done it, and then Scream. And then we, we she got the film financed, and I was like, okay, this is what it, this is what it's meant to be. Yeah, and guess yeah, what? Yeah. Now it is. What, and now yeah. I, I kept mean. reading too. Jodie Foster turned down the role of Emma due to commitments to Yale, which I, don't I, know. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. 
You can't imagine anyone else. She feels like she. No, I guess at that time, I was going to say she might have looked a little young, but I don't know. She was doing like the accused and all that, like a couple years later. So, mm-hmm. um, Patsy looks like a Patrick Nagel. Oh my god! I was yeah. just, <laughs> just so took the words out of my mouth. Yeah. <laughs> you, right. I love that we have gay telekinesis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like her later scenes when she's. I'm assuming is she like a model? Is she an actress? I think I don't know, but the, she's 80. She's rich. Yeah. she's not having it. No, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then, well, she talks about going out to L.A. Yeah, too. going out mm-hmm. to L.A. Mm-hmm. and yeah, and like I like that we don't fill in the blanks with Patsy because sure. you just get it. Yeah. from that hairstyle and the lipstick and everything. <laughs> but she's still there for Emma. She's a good friend. Yes, mm-hmm. she, she's a she's a great friend. Mm-hmm. Um, interesting that they that there's this kind of thing with Patsy that she wants to raise Melanie. Yeah, and yeah. only Melanie. Mm-hmm. It's like okay, <laughs> she wants a doppelganger. Yeah, you know? <laughs> there's a lot of that's like a horror movie. It kind yeah. of is. There's a lot of uh, little dialogue bits at the end with Melanie where they're just kind of referencing just mm-hmm. how beautiful she is. Mm-hmm. And I guess the idea is that this little this little girl is just supposed to be just such this stunning child. She really is. And, and we get is, Juliette Lewis later on. Is Patsy going to want to be like a stage mom and like like put her in pageants? I, I don't know. know. <laughs> that, that Juliette Lewis and also do you know who they who, who they recast as Patsy? Mm-mm. It's Miranda Richardson. Oh wow. Yeah. But again the that's, actress. That's, that's good casting. That it's, makes sense. it's great casting because the actress who plays Patsy is a working actress and still working. Yeah. So I'm like, why did she? Super shady. You know? <laughs> you know what? There's probably a whole rights issue sure. with the actress from the previous that so they couldn't they couldn't use any of them or what? Sure. Only, I don't know what. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I I love their I love their relationship. I love she kind. Of, she, it's that thing where she kind of also has a relationship with Flap. Like he's calling her. He knows Emma's there, so he's calling her, and they they talk to. Her. It's like things like that. Patsy happen. brings so much. I don't know. Real reality to this movie, yeah. Like the scene when they drive off, and Patsy goes to hug Aurora, and Aurora just turns on her heels and walks away. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like she's such a fucking bitch. Get away from me! Yep. Oh yeah, she does that. There are no. I mean, the housekeeper hardly gets. I like that the housekeeper gets. Yeah, a, a, some time and some nuance. Yeah. Yeah. but ultimately we don't. We don't get too. The much housekeeper of her. is also a bigger character in, in the, the Evening Star too. Okay, and also in okay. the book too. Yeah. I would love to read this book now. I really yeah. want to read Terms of Endearment, the book. Yeah. I, I didn't realize that Larry McMurtry wrote it. Right? Isn't that crazy? That's fascinating. Yeah. And he must be a homosexual, right? <laughs> Larry? Because he, he did write Brokeback Mountain. Brokeback Mountain. Yeah. I always find that wild. Mm-hmm. But he, I mean, Lonesome Dove. No, he adapted, he yeah. adapted, adapted him. Okay. Yeah. yeah, and I think that he won an Oscar for adapting it. Oh, yeah. Um, I, I think that Patsy, does Patsy have an affair with someone in the book? I didn't read the books. I, yeah, I, I, I think I that she know. has an affair with... Um, with yeah. Flap? With Flap. I may be making that up. Okay, wait. Can we have a moment to talk about John Lithgow in this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> this, this like, sad, dopey performance. <laughs> oh, my God. It is the saddest character ever. It, it, it's like, this woman has such little self-esteem. Seriously. I don't know what, why she sleeps with John Lithgow. I mean, maybe... What does that say to you? I don't, I don't know. I mean, he's... It feels real, though. It feels real, mm-hmm. and it's just that... I don't know if it's just that thing that, he, you know, it's the attention that she's not getting. Mm-hmm. She oh, knows what? that her husband's having an affair, and she's mm-hmm. just going to fuck this guy. Yeah, because yeah. he's, he, he's there. And yeah. he yeah. just offered himself up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And she... You can tell she doesn't have any real traction to him. No, yeah. Yeah. He's like a foot and a half taller than her. <laughs> You know, he's just like a goofy John Lithgow. It did make me want to revisit the world according to Garp to see him I mean, as that trans character. Yeah, yeah. It's, I have not seen that in I have never ages. seen the world of, oh, you guys will have to according watch that. to Garp. I need to watch yeah. that. Movie yeah. night. 
I haven't seen it in a long time. So um, I was reading that also John Lithgow sort of made this movie when he was on break from doing Footloose. Interesting. Like I think that he did this in like a weekend. I or cannot something. believe Footloose was the same time as this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's bizarre. Mm-hmm. You know the timeline of this movie is also very interesting because sure what year does what year is it set when well, it opens the, with yeah the ending of the movie is is the of the present of 1983 i would imagine mm-hmm. and the oldest son tommy looks about 11 or 12 I love that at the end, Tommy gets a really nice bonding moment with the Jack Nicholson yeah, character. Yeah, yeah. And he seems happy. And Jack's like, come over to the house. He's like, I can't leave a funeral. And Jack's like, I think it's okay. Yeah. <laughs> and they leave. And then we see Shirley just looking at them being, and she's happy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And Shirley, and I like that it ends with just her smiling. Yeah. Even though she's in mourning garb, mm-hmm, and she mm-hmm. looks probably the most glamorous that she oh looks in the ent- That last yeah. shot of her in all black with his big sunglasses is yeah. such high glamour. Yeah, yeah. So and, she's, and she smiles and she's happy. And it's like, you know that there's going to be some hope for these people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, now this is, this is their life. Now they, like, just Because guess what? Tommy's not going to have fun living with Aurora. <laughs> <laughs> we know that already. That's going to be a fucking hellhole. When they... Uh, when she gets upgraded to the private room in the hospital and she tells the like men hanging in the art be careful with that they're worth more than you'll make in your entire life i love that moment and she <laughs> says i had to grow up with her you can deal with it for five minutes mm-hmm. <laughs> you're just like oh shit mm-hmm. <laughs> you free like we forget because they have this they have this insane relationship where she's just like she literally did not go to her wedding Calls her the morning after, and she's just like, I'm not talking to you. I'm having a fight with you. Did you see what I got? Did you see the presents that I got? Did you see this blanket? Did you see this? And just starts gossiping with her right away. Because, mm-hmm. you know, it's, they, have, they actually have a very beautiful, caring relationship. Yeah. But it's, it's very talk. It's also very toxic. Very toxic. Very codependent. But, 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 but Deborah <laughs> Winger rolls with it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it's funny. I don't feel any toxic codependency. In this movie, <laughs> on, on, on Deborah Winger's side, at least, right, right, yeah. right. I feel like Deborah is such a joyous, happy person. Mm-hmm. I mean, Emma, the character, uh, yeah, right? yeah. She tells her mom about um, about John Lefkow. Yeah, so they're very open with each yeah, other. They, they tell each other yeah. everything. Yeah, I think they have a very loving, beautiful. Yeah, th- th- this, this, you know, what I thought at the end of this movie last night. This is a love story between a mother and a daughter. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And that in and, and codependent relationships, that love is not healthy. Yeah. This love in this movie feels healthy to me. Yeah. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. No, it, yeah. do, it no, does. Totally. It does. And and it's the it's in those little conversations that you get where we're kind of not getting a lot of like context, but we're just seeing them in the moment. Because this movie does time skip a lot. You know, all of a sudden she's pregnant again. All of a sudden, you know, the kids have aged up and all that. So we're not getting you know, we get these little conversations that just kind of clue us into what's been going on. If this w- movie were to be made today, it would have been a series. Yeah, yeah, it would a be bin- a t- literally a ten episode, ten episode hour yeah. hours. Mm-hmm. And this is this is that's the magic of why it works as a feature. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Because it's- if we got into that nuance, I don't know how healthy their relationship would have come off. It would have been, yeah, much more. I don't know. Yeah. I think maybe we would resent Aurora more mm-hmm. for being as kind of like sharp or as kind mm-hmm. of pointed as she is some as she can be and we resent Emma a little bit more for being as um I don't know a pushover yeah or just mm-hmm. I was going to say a little flase da like especially when it comes to sure. the kids you know mm-hmm. and things like that the one part kind about of forgive her for for certain things 
The one part about the relationship that I can definitely relate to is that I moved away from home when I was 18, and I've pretty much have had my relationship with my siblings and my sister, or my siblings and my mom through the telephone, of that I've never lived in the same city as my mom, Mm -hmm. that I've had to have this relationship through the phone. And you can definitely see that with them, of when she moves out of state. That she still keeps up, and they probably get along better with their phone relationship <laughs> than it would be in person. So that's something that kind yeah, of, when maybe. I reflect of like living my life away from home, when mm-hmm. I kind of gravitate to the movie, is just sort of having a relationship with a loved one pretty much exclusively through a phone call. Yeah. It captures the phone relationship really beautifully. Yeah. And that's now his- history. People oh, don't yeah. do that now. No. Mm-hmm. It's either texting or... Or what, Facebook or Zoom yeah, or something? Yeah. I mean, FaceTime? Yeah. FaceTime. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook. I'm, I'm not 50. The I'm not 50. Face, <laughs> FaceTime. Um, yeah. Curling up. Because in the 80s, people or 90s even, people would curl up that phone. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. a lot of those scenes, you know, Aurora ha- would have the phone on her lap. And, mm-hmm. you know, the, those big mm-hmm. clunky phones, mm-hmm. you know. And it was and, a surrogate. Yeah, and Emma's just like walking around oh, with it everywhere. They, their scenes on the phone, they're on the phone first thing in the morning. Yeah. 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 And I love too when they find when she finally does leave Flap and she takes the kids and they all jump out of the car and are hugging, you know, the maid and 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 Aurora and Aurora kind of brushes by Emma and she's kind of like, what the hell? And she tells her, I talk to you every day. Mm-hmm. I talk yeah. to you every day. Mm-hmm. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm gonna hug my grandsons, you know. And it's just like, oh yeah, yeah they do. They talk. You know to what's every beautiful? Day. It's like it's is it, it can't how can it be codependent when each person is equally passionate about the other sure mm-hmm. like i yeah. feel like both characters are so passionate about yeah. the other that they can transgress somehow yeah. and still love each other yeah and and, and make a joke and get on the phone the next yeah. morning and just like talk about the gossip yeah mm-hmm. but the but the petty things sometimes were just a little bit more el- so, i mean because in that first scene when she says like well if that's your attitude i don't think you should go to my wedding and this is the start of the movie we don't know these characters yet and you're like okay these are just things that you say in a moment and turns out she didn't actually go yeah yep and again the brilliance of this movie they don't go through the motions of showing the wedding yep her looking around it's just next this movie is so lean and mean yeah narratively also lean and mean and narrative narratively but they don't cut away of deborah winger dying which i think is like holy shit yeah it's just like in like another movie they would they would have like the like a fadeaway of like them like making up the bed or like something that kind of <laughs> no. holds your hand a little bit, but Oh no, I you see it. her die on camera in this movie. That gives me everything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't want to shirk. I mean, the death is beautiful. Yeah. It's a beautiful moment. And I love that flaps asleep. Mm-hmm. And that moment happens between mother, the mother and the daughter. Yeah. And it's yeah. so, it's like, it's just like, uh, and you see the nurse go over and turn off <laughs> and turn off the machine. It is a yeah. nightmare. Yeah. It's a nightmare. You guys, <laughs> but, but God bless James L. Brooks to like fucking show that whole thing on, on camera. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and like Scott's saying, you know, we're, watching the movie and it's not like we're counting down the minutes or anything but we're kind of he's thinking like oh man we haven't even gotten to you know the cancer scenes and all that and i'm and i forgot about it you know like i said i'm just like oh shit i forgot she straight up dies later on but when she is sick and you know she has her like little new york adventure and all of that it's that thing where she kind of makes peace with it really fast yeah 
Yeah, you never sense that that character mm-hmm. is scared. Yeah. Not until know. the very, very end. Yeah. When it's like, okay. Ugh. It's brutal. Yeah. When she has that final conversation with the doctor where he's like, okay, you need to start making decisions. That's, that's a hard decision. That's, that's a hard scene. Yeah. That's when she really gets scared. And she cries. The first she time. cries by herself. Yeah. Yeah. That's a really brutal scene. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Yeah. This movie does not shy away from the, the brutality or the, the humor, the crazy humor. Yeah. yeah. Maybe we should like talk about Jack Nicholson. And that I was going to say, we, we haven't should even, probably yeah. segue into Jack. Yeah, let's not I do, mean, let's not do well in the dark. Yeah. Very, <laughs> very clever casting. And from what I was reading, James L. Brooke wrote this movie for, um, for Bert, for Bert. Right. Right. And Bert turned it down and Bert says to this day, or I mean, I mean, he's no longer with us, but <laughs> I mean, probably until the day that he died, probably regretted saying no to this movie. Bert doesn't have anything as emotional as this as, as, no, as, yeah. as this movie. Jack is so perfect for this because he's he's cute, but he's also kind of like grotesque. Yeah. There's yeah. kind of a there's <laughs> kind of a skeezy charm to him. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> like when he tries to seduce her, and, and when they're looking at the Rembrandt, and she's like, "Don't do that with me. Yeah. I'm a, I'm, I am a grandmother." And at the beginning, she's like, "I'm a grandmother." Yeah. <laughs> you know, with Devito. <laughs> yeah, I also love the dated thing of a, an astronaut who's a celebrity because mm-hmm. that is definitely not a thing anymore it was and it yeah, has yeah, not yeah. been a thing for well, that, decades that at would this now point. be like an, yep. an instagram influencer or, or like a, a tiktok <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. movie movie set in houston kind yeah. of like mm-hmm. uh mission control mm-hmm. so i mean yeah. nasa is a big part of mm-hmm. just sort of the cultural of houston i love that it, it, this movie is also an older woman's sexual awakening. Yeah. I mm-hmm. mean, when do you yeah. ever see that? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Never. Absolutely. Um, it's, it's also so interesting to see, um, you know, we're trying to gauge it and we're watching this movie and we're thinking, okay, maybe when Emma and got, and flap got married, maybe they were 21. Right. And then a couple of years go by, she has a kid, you know, and then as the scenes are going by and time's going by, we see Aurora's 50th birthday. And you're just like, wow, you don't really see that kind of mm-hmm. small age gap with mothers and daughters anymore yeah. that you did back, you know? Back no, then. it's really wild. And you're like, she's 50 and her, and she's a grandmother. Like, that's why she was so upset about why should I be happy about being a grandmother? Because mm-hmm. at that point, she wasn't even 50. I think that was before the 50th birthday. It's wild. <laughs> So yeah, and the and the doctor saying like, you're actually fifty two. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, because you see these men courting her and the men. I oh my god, we're obsessed with with the men. Mm-hmm. The all men, these men that are in love with Aurora. All these men that are in love with Aurora. I mean, you get like Danny and she DeVito just keeps them hanging on. Yes, yeah, she keeps inviting them to parties and they and keep guess going. What? She could get it. Sterling <laughs> oh, yeah. is hot. Absolutely, her body's incredible. Yeah, she always has like top and bottom lashes on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> She's got that like clip in hairpiece. That scene, I think that's probably my favorite scene it's of the entire movie. Scene. Is when he is when he picks her up and she comes mm-hmm. out, and um, I mean the top on the convertible, tops in the garage. Well, what he says to her like, "Oh, do you want me to put the top up?" And she says, "No, mature women are prepared for all circumstances." And then her, her she puts on her her handkerchief on her head, and then she gets her hair blown all the fuck all over the place. Oh my god, it's amazing! And when they crash the car into the water, and she yeah. she gets wet, and he flies in the water. It's I mean the physical comedy in this yeah. movie is incredible. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, and and they play off each other so well. And you mm-hmm. think Aurora is one type of woman, like you said, she's just so like beautiful in these dresses and the hair and everything. But like when it comes down to it, she 
jumps into the water with yeah. Jack and, mm-hmm. you know. She's, and, she's a southern belle who, who can get down. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah and she gets totally. in the water and then she later she has sex with him and she gets off on it yeah. and celebrates it. And she's like loving it. And then she's like has to admit that she's beginning to care about him. Yeah. And, and, I, and I like that on that date, you sort of see that arc mm-hmm. too of that like, I can't stand this guy. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, I mean, she invites him up into the bedroom. Mm-hmm. So yeah. I love when you see her preparing for that bed. Oh my God. Bed. She puts on that <laughs> negligee. Yeah. She goes into her underwear drawer and then she's taking out the potpourri. Mm-hmm. All the details yes. are crazy. Yeah. But like she's got this like like robe thing over the like mm-hmm. negligee and she's like looking at herself in the mirror. And then when he finally does ring the doorbell, which she told him not to do. She like immediately like closes the rope mm-hmm. and just mm-hmm. like stands there with her arms crossed and like her body language changes until he gets into the room mm-hmm. and then they just start having the conversation and mm-hmm. all of that. And then but- he walks in though. He's wearing a, a short, short bathing suit yeah. <laughs> and his belly is hanging out. He just got out of the pool. So he's kind of somewhat sexy. Yes. Yeah. And at least we know he's clean, you know, and right. he was in the pool. <laughs> Yeah, we see a lot of... Aurora is puffed, powdered, and ready to and go. And ready. We see a lot of Jack <laughs> in a shorty robe. He loved a shorty robe. Yeah, when, and- he, when he comes out... I mean, when she rings the doorbell, taking him up on that on that dinner date that he made to her like three years ago. But his little shorty <laughs> short. Yeah, his cool like eight, mm-hmm. super 80s like bathing suit. Like, And I was, I was watching an interview that Shirley did where she talked about filming that scene and she mm-hmm. said Jack did the take different each time. Yeah. That he came up in one take with like a hooker, came out naked in another one, but he would always do something different to keep her. Like, yeah, there's guessing. a scene when yeah. he grabs her ass, and then if you watch, she grabs his right back. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And you can tell that was <laughs> that was both those moments were improvised. I think sure. when he yeah. when he feels her up mm-hmm. after they when they're in the water, I think that's mm-hmm. also improvised. When too. his hand gets stuck, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, why is his hand stuck? It's mm-hmm. not stuck, but it's hilarious. Know, it's though. a funny scene. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, they, they play off each other so well. And it's like, it could, and it's one of those things where it's like, who else could it have been? You know, the chemistry between all the actors in this movie is mm-hmm. really just, yeah. Just something to behold. Yeah. You know, and I feel like Burt Reynolds might, you know, well, he definitely would have played it very different than Jack Nicholson. And so mm-hmm. it would have come across a little different. And, and he's, he's like, I think he's taller than Jack. So it might have, you know, it might have mm-hmm. looked a little icky if he's like, you know, like being too handsy with her, things mm-hmm. like that. So it's like, it just was, it's just such this perfect chemistry. Mm-hmm. He, of these people. He made a statement. There are no awards in Hollywood for being an idiot <laughs> when he recalls t- Turning down the role. Oh, there wow. you go. Um, I'm also, <laughs> I'm, I'm also seeing, according to IMDb, Harrison Ford and Paul Newman also said no. Interesting. Harrison Ford. Harrison. I, like, I mean, I guess Harrison Ford would have gone for a sexy astronaut. It's a little, I guess it's a little May December. A little May December. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, too sexy. Paul Newman, I guess, would have worked, but I think that yeah. there's just something about Jack that um, lends itself to this type of man a little better. Can mm-hmm. we talk about the score for in this movie? Oh man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Who, um, I mean, Pete and I always get the score confused with uh, Steel Magnolias, just because they sort no, of you have... get it confused with Steel Magnolias. I think it sounds like St. Elmo's Fire. <laughs> yeah. Well, the guy who did the score for Terms of Endearment, mm-hmm. I think his name is Michael Gore. He also did the score for St. Elmo's Fire. There you go. Yep. And then the, the score for mm-hmm. Steel Magnolias, I believe, is this really um, famous French composer okay whose name is escaping me right now but they both have very beautiful scores yeah but the, the terms the term score it's iconic yeah. it is so mm-hmm. fucking iconic yeah. yeah and can make you cry at the drop of a top. yeah <laughs> I mean, 
immediately. I don't it, know. It, it knows exactly what it knows it's what doing. It's, <laughs> it's super manipulative. Yeah. But I'm but I'm here for I'm, it. I'm here for it. We're totally here for it. And you it don't just, get scores like that now. No, no, never. And it just puts you in the like the mood for like you know you're gonna watch this. I don't know. It's just there's just something about it that like brings mm-hmm. you in. Like scores in the eighties were allowed to be a character. Yes. Mm-hmm. Just yeah. as the a location can be a character yeah. or, you know, a costume or the production design. This score is 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 is, is laying on top of this movie. Yeah. But in a very beautiful way that mm-hmm. I, I'm here for. Yeah. You know? And I, I I'm sure modern scores have themes and motifs and you know character themes and all that. Not like this. But not like this. This this this, this is sitting on top of it. Yeah. This is like, you know, and then a friend it's funny, a friend on Instagram this morning was like Oh well, I love to. I listened to that movie driving around on my bike, and I was like, "Wait, do you record like the audio of the movie?" He's like, "No, the soundtrack." Uh, and I thought to myself, "This is not a soundtrack I would listen to outside of the movie." Yeah, uh-huh. I feel like I need like everything to go mm-hmm. along with it. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's interesting. Whereas, but and I love scores. Yeah, like, but but for me, I'm really into like Angela Badalamenti, right? You know, for the Twin Peaks, you know, yep. his Lynch stuff, mm-hmm. or um, uh. Fuck. Oh, even in the modern context, Emil Mosseri, who did the score for um, Minari. And I'm getting it. Really oh, okay. Sure. Sure, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. It's a beautiful score. I, I just like sad music. Oh, yeah. We were this music <laughs> has too much joy for me. There's joy in this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were just uh, we just did a Mulholland Drive episode, and we were talking about... Another great score that sort of mixes ambient, mm-hmm. uh, ambient yeah. noise. We were talking mm-hmm. about yep. Angelo Badalamenti, mm-hmm. and I brought up the fact that there is a version of the Twin Peaks theme song with lyrics. Wow. And it's amazing. And it's no, sung by Julie Cruz. Yeah, Julie Cruz's <laughs> death recently really kind of rocked me. Yeah. Because the Angela Badalamenti soundtracks, whether it's Blue Velvet, Mulholland, mm-hmm. Twin Peaks, Blue, uh, they all are soundtracks to my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, yeah. And Julie Cruz, there would be no Lana Del Rey without Julie Cruz. Oh, I no. mean, yeah. you're absolutely I am right. so sorry. <laughs> and they, the, the children don't They will never don't know. They even don't, know. No. Oh my god! As far as I'm concerned, David Lynch invented on Lana Del Rey. <laughs> she is the, a figment out of David Lynch's imagination. I was going to say she like sprung forth out of like she did. I don't know the clouds in his mm-hmm. coffee. Mm-hmm. <laughs> We're like a like a, a Greek like it's true <laughs> story. Um, yeah, this this score is it's it's so iconic. The minute the movie started, we we're just like, okay, mm-hmm. <laughs> Every, everything yeah. just comes together mm-hmm. right away. You're just like we get that great early scene of, of Aurora and the baby, and then the sad. Goes you know, it's it. funny because the sad music in this movie is so beautiful too. It mm-hmm. reminds me of a John Williams score for ET. Okay, yeah. Um, mm-hmm. The sad mu- when ET dies, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. that sad music is beautiful. It's not just sad, but it's beautiful. Yeah, mm-hmm. you know, there's sort of a. Uh, uh, humaneness to the tragedy, mm-hmm. which I think is is really nice. Yeah, yeah. Um, let's see. We talked Jack. We talked Patsy. Yeah, I do we- think this movie should have triple supporting actor nominated. I would have liked to have seen Jeff Daniels make the cut. Oh, totally. Oh, okay. He should have made the cut. He's incredible. Over, over John Lithgow. He's incredible. Wait, was John Lithgow nominated John, for this movie? John Lithgow's nominated. But this, yeah. but he doesn't have the screen yeah, time. He, yeah, he was nominated like, though. Yeah. Eight minutes of this movie—that's mm-hmm. crazy. He does not have the screen time for that. Yeah, what the heck? At I didn't all. even know that. Yep. That's funny. Um, how about um, uh, Emma's obsession with like show tunes? 
I yeah, that. the Ethel that- Merman song. <laughs> uh-huh. And at one point, she's listening to West Side Story mm-hmm. when she and Flapper are about to have sex in their new place on the ground. <laughs> mm-hmm. And he's like, do we have to listen to this while we have sex? And she's like, yep. Yes, like she, She's the top in that relationship. Just no, uh, <laughs> a theater Absolutely. kid at heart. And who knows, Like maybe if we wouldn't have had Flap, maybe um, this character would have wanted to become an actress. Yeah, but it's fun. But, but mm-hmm. in the very beginning of this movie, I would say like – yeah. The inciting incident is her getting married. Yeah. It's her trying to escape yeah. her mother. She's trying to escape so her, fr- yeah. So from the very beginning of this movie, this human being is needing to get away, assert herself, and have independence from her mother. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then she can never – she they, they they can never escape each other. Yeah. But it, but it's not <laughs> in an unhealthy way. It's in a beautiful kind of way. Yeah, yeah. And I love with the Rembrandt. She's like, well, I was thinking of giving you the Rembrandt for your mm-hmm. wedding, but I, I'm like, I just can't part with it. You know? <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, when, the, when she – when Emma calls Aurora to ask for money – and she can't give it to her. That dialogue oh, is insane. And I feel like we've all sort of had conversations <laughs> with parents <laughs> like that, too. You know how much I hate parting with mm-hmm. money. Yeah. <laughs> Aurora makes literally no bones about it. You will not it, use my Rembrandt to make rent. To pay the rent. To pay yeah. the rent. And P.S., where is uh, Aurora's money from? Yeah. That is some old... That's, that's mean, old yeah. money. The, that is old yeah. money. Yeah. yeah. To you have, don't just have a Rembrandt. To have mm-hmm. Rosie the maid mm-hmm. in uniform mm-hmm. for all those years. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you're living next to an astronaut. Yeah, like, yeah. Like this ten, neighborhood. You know, living next to a basketball star. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, it's like... Mm. Well, they they set up early on that the husband dies. Yep. Okay. So, because yeah. Emma's basically living in squalor this whole movie. Yeah, she I is. mean, they they the dad uh, Flap is just making. You yeah. Know, he's you know he's a teacher. Yeah, yeah, he's a teacher in a college, mm-hmm. but he's an associate professor. Yeah, and you never get the sense that 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 Aurora gives them anything. Any no, help, any no, help whatsoever. No. Because when they first moved to the house in Des Moines. And she's just like, it's a house. Because they were just living above a garage mm-hmm. before in this like condemned mm-hmm. building. And even us, we were like, wow, that's a great house. Yeah. You know? But then later on, Tommy's just like, I don't want people to think we live there. Mm-hmm. Because it's like run down or maybe the neighborhood or whatever. And Tommy's like, no, I don't want people to think we live in that shack. But you're like, to us, we we're like, it's great. It's such an upgrade. But yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you get the sense if, Aurora, if, if Emma had um, <clears throat> made life choices mm-hmm. that Aurora approved of, oh, yeah. Aurora would have helped her out. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Mm-hmm. But yeah, because yeah. Emma rebelled from day one, Aurora's like, yeah, you, know. you get nothing. And then, and it's interesting how the Rembrandt comes back into play at the end mm-hmm. of the movie when she's in the hospital room. Aurora hangs both of those expensive pieces of art yeah. across from the hospital bed. Yeah, right in front of no, but I don't think it's yeah. a bad thing. Yeah, I think it's no. a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's kind of so sad too because she never got to enjoy that. Yeah, money during life. I guess. Yeah. But did, did she need that? I don't get the sense that that character needed the money to enjoy life. I think she enjoyed her life. I mean, it's it's. I don't know. Like it. there, 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 there was yeah. there was problems at home, and there was you know she didn't have enough money at the at the grocery store and all of that. But I don't know. I did. It didn't feel like when she would have her conversations with Aurora or even with Patsy, who her best friend her whole life doesn't have any money problems. And there's always those moments with the kids where she gets a candy bar and she gets the she gave them the candy bar. She yeah. gets the eye from the mm-hmm. from the clerk. You're going of, in like, the wrong direction. You're going <laughs> in the wrong direction. And then she grabs another one for yeah. the other boy. That sequence is a yep. show, is, love it. I would say it's a showstopper. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, similar to the give my daughter the shot, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah, so good. 
Um, I mean, give my daughter the shot. Oh my god! <laughs> and it's just how she just like sort of runs around the room. She does not it. have to be in pain. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's it's just such a beautiful yeah. fucking thing. And then it's like afterwards when the nurse the nurse gets up and goes into the room, and Aurora just kind of like stops and like composes herself. She's All like, right. Oh. Excuse me. It is after ten. Give my daughter the pain shot, please. Mrs. Greenway, I was going to. Oh, good. Go ahead. In just a few minutes. Well, please. It's, it's after ten. It's after 10. I don't see why she has to have this pain. Ma'am, it's not my patient. It's time for her shot. You understand? Do something. All she has to do is hold on until 10. And it's past 10. She's so in pain. My daughter's in pain. Give her the shot. You understand? You're going to behave. Give my daughter the shot. Thank you very much. Thank you. And you know, like like we're talking about Sue Magnolia's, it's like Sally Field has that scene, mm-hmm. you know, and she's got the big scene and, and all of that. And it's and it's heart wrenching and Sally's amazing. But I don't know, something about these moments in this movie that are just like uh, this movie is stripped fucking bare. Yeah. yeah. Aside from the Michael Gore score, which I love. <laughs> it, it, it's this movie shouldn't work yeah it yeah. <laughs> and it, it's aged beautifully yeah, i can't I believe i can watch this you know in 2022 it's like yeah. you would never describe this movie as overly sentimental no yeah mm-hmm. it's yeah. like it's too raw for that mm-hmm. yeah um one thing i love it's kind of speaking a little bit about the age of the movie but it also speaks a lot to emma's character when she is hanging out with patsy and flap calls and it's this huge cordless phone mm-hmm. and patsy hands her the phone and she and looks, she at, it. looks, she at, looks it at it and yeah. laughs and she's like oh my god i love it emma never values material things no mm-hmm. no yeah. when she's in new york Care. she's like fuck these women yeah these, 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 are, these are miserable neurotic people mm-hmm. you know and you know yeah she dies young and everything but she she lived she lived yeah authentic, she lived yeah. authentically mm-hmm. yeah I mean, you know, she really did, and I feel you know she's around all these these cosmopolitan <laughs> women in New York, and she just she just kind of is in her mom clothes, you know, mm-hmm. just like these big skirts, and she whatever. stays frumpy this whole yeah. movie. And I was here for it. I love. I it. like her. I love her wardrobe. <laughs> I like I her. Too. the glasses. The like. I everything, love it. Everything. It is fashion. It, it really I like, is. Um, I like Emma. I like Emma by the pool. Oh, I love yeah. yeah. her I bandana. Love, I love the bandana. I love the little bathing suit. Emma when she jumps on her mother to hug her. Yeah. In those glasses, <laughs> yeah. I don't know, Emma Deborah Winger is fucking brilliant. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I just I just need to use the word fucking in there. No, no, that's I, okay. I, I, yeah, we have I, to. I, I really yeah. feel passionate. Yeah, I feel and, and please, you know, go go rewatch, you know, Urban Fucking Cowboy. Yeah, mm-hmm. <laughs> and see how genius she is in that. Yeah. yeah, you know what I mean. And that's the thing; it's just like this handful of movies from the early '80s, and she never really kind of. I don't know if if it was know. a retirement thing. Or I remember just... I remember it being a big deal when she was cast in Rachel getting married. Oh right, that she okay. was playing Anne Hathaway's mother, who is a very salty character. Mm-hmm. I um, have to revisit that. I I, yeah. I saw Rachel getting married Rachel. at the ArcLight. Okay. Oh, R.I.P. ArcLight. Uh, R.I.P. <laughs> you know. It was fine. She's given yeah, like well, fine. she has like the big sort of showdown with Anne Hathaway in that movie. Yeah, where I she feel, like, I feel like the, her. Yep. The filmmaker to me who's closest to getting this tone right is Noah Baumbach. Sure, sure. I mean, me, uh, fucking Squid in the Whale, Squid in the Whale, yeah. Squid in the Whale yeah. Married, Married, Marriage Story. story. Yep. Mm-hmm. But the one I love is the Nicole Kidman. Jennifer, I just revisited Jason Lee. I just revisited Margot at the <laughs> it's wedding. So good. I don't think that it's my favorite Nicole mm-hmm. Kidman, but I would say it's the most underrated Nicole Kidman. It is the most. Yep. 
down and dirty Nicole Kidman. Mm-hmm. That character is fucking worse that, than all. The, and there's that there's that scene where they're where they're playing croquet and mm-hmm. she stomps away and throws it down. And she says, "I hate what games do to me." Mm-hmm. And that is just like encapsulates the character. Is I hate mm-hmm. what playing games mm-hmm. does to me. Mm-hmm. And the toxicity of her character and that yep. is so real. Mm-hmm. Whereas the toxicity in Aurora, you know, there's. It's, there's levity to it. It's not right. the humor. I don't know. But I do feel like Nolan Baumbach does the comedy and drama very well. Okay. We'll see what he adds to the Barbie movie. I mean, <laughs> are, are, aren't you curious about that? Yeah. I mean, I'm curious <laughs> yeah, about it. It's it's so fascinating. What Critic, is that, what is that going to be? so fascinating. I mean, I think I it's going to be a little bit of the Brady Bunch movie mm-hmm. and Legally Blonde. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm But just with it. those two at the helm, it's just mm-hmm. like, what is I mean, I'm, a, I'm like a... I'm like a man in my 30s that still collects Barbies, so I am here for it. <laughs> I'm totally here for it. But I think, yeah, uh, those two. Um, I will never forget we're just sitting here watching A League of Their Own one night and scrolling oh, yeah. through the IMDb mm-hmm. trivia to this little gem that said, Deborah Winger quits, cast, quit, is cast and quits A League of Their Own. Because she doesn't want to work with Madonna. Yep. Wow. And she was cast in the Gina Davis lead role. Mm-hmm. Okay, that's outrageous. And walked away. Is it, I mean, again, but IMDb trivia, so take it with a grain of salt. salt. <laughs> I kind of believe How it, real I believe it. it. I yeah. believe it. Because Deborah Winger is literally on another in another dimension, actor-wise. Yeah. And to have her and Madonna sharing the screen, it just wouldn't compute. Yeah. I mean, Deborah, and Deborah knew that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But also, it was Madonna's first movie. Uh, right? I mean, was it? No. That's really seeking she shit. Was that she was that a handful yeah. of those 80s movies. That's but... right. And I, and I, I got to say, I fucking love Desperately Seeking Susan. Yes. Mm-hmm. Desperately yeah. Seeking Susan is great. Um, I mean, I don't think... That's it, Madonna's best movie. That's, yeah. it, it really is. I mean, I don't think I mean, that she had... Uh, <laughs> yeah, I don't think that she had... Act, I mean, she was focusing on music mm-hmm. prior to uh, A League of Their Own. So she hadn't really acted in a while. So yeah, yeah. It had been it had been a minute, and those were kind of like she had some desperately seeking Susan, but then she had some failures. Like who's that girl was not great, mm-hmm. and Shanghai Surprise was just. Awesome. But I love that Madonna was good enough for Warren. I mean, yep. hey, Shirley MacLaine's brother. How funny oh, are those wow, two look lines? At that. Like, that's that a full circle. Very Wait a minute. Oh, Warren, Beatty about and, that. Warren Beatty and Shirley MacLaine are our brother, our and, brother sister. and sister. Mm-hmm. How did I not know How this? How did you not know? Give that? me your gay card. I that's know. so weird. Your gay card's getting revoked. I, I was going to mention it too last night, and I forgot. I was well, like, I, but that, it's interesting it. because you don't hear a lot about it. Maybe it's just because both of them are such powerhouses that you don't really mm-hmm. think of them like and sharing. They and they don't share together. a last name. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I did not know that. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. So that means that her. Uh, her sister-in-law is Annette Bedding. Mm-hmm. Wow. wow. What is that relationship like? <laughs> sure. <laughs> At barbecues and like cookouts, they just hang out. Have you guys read... <laughs> and, then, and then Annette and Warren have a trans son, yep. which I love. Mm-hmm. Have you guys read any of Shirley MacLaine's sort of like spiritual books? What was your no. big book from the 80s? The past Lives. I mean, out, what, out on the ledge. Out mm-hmm. on a ledge. Out on a limb. Mm-hmm. One of those two. They're all past life stuff. Yeah, I have not the read them. Yeah. I get into that shit. So yeah. go, yeah. Shirley. She was witchy and like esoteric, you yeah. know, metaphysical before it was in fashion. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. She and she got dragged through mm-hmm. the cold. Yeah, there is like when Letterman, you watch when you like watch Golden Leno, Girls, there's all, always yeah, like Golden a, Girls jokes, a kooky Shirley yeah. MacLaine joke in there. I yeah. always remember the story that she told. I think that she told on Rosie of when she won the Oscar for Best Actress, and the night before she had a dream that she won. And everybody from the dream 
was sitting exactly where they were in the theater. I, like, this was probably, like, the shrine at the time. So that's when she knew that she was going to win. That's a trip. Yeah. Okay. And she gets up there, and she says something that actresses today would be roasted for. She said, yeah. I deserve this. Wow. She said, yeah. I deserve she this. She said, wow. I deserve this. <laughs> Which now, it's like, I mean, people gave Anne Hathaway's speech a lot of shit when, like, when that happened, of just sort of trying to make an Oscar moment. But, yeah. But... Shirley did deserve it. Yeah, she really did. She wrote uh, Out on a Limb, and it was released in 1983. My grandmother read it. We, um, and what and, did your grandmother have to say about it? Anything? Fascinated. Mm-hmm. She loved it. Mm-hmm. And, she lo- and she loved this movie. Mm-hmm. I, my mom and my grandmother loved this I'm movie. I'm very here for your mom and your grandmother being so into this movie. Oh, my God. They were and I could all see, about it. I could see your mom, and, <laughs> your mom and grandmother having a very Emma and Aurora relationship Absolutely. with each other, too. Absolutely. <laughs> the little that I know about your grandma. <laughs> Absolutely. The very brief like time that I knew her, I mm-hmm. could, could kind of see that yeah. with both of them. Oh, it absolutely makes a ton of sense. Um, it's very interesting that there's no homosexual characters in this movie. Maybe maybe Tommy, maybe the, the younger one. But I love <laughs> but that. That is why I'm curious if Larry McMurtry is gay. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Because he is the writer. He adapted the book. Yeah. Or the person who wrote the – oh, no. He wrote the book. Yeah. No, he, he, didn't, he wrote the book that this movie is based on. That's – that's crazy. That's yeah. wild. So, um, Robert Harling. I keep forgetting the younger wrote, brother's uh, name. He directed the evening. He directed star. this, this yep. sequel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Directed the sequel. I wonder what kind of a mother Aurora would be with a gay son. I don't know. Yeah, mm-hmm. would she try to talk him out of it? Well, or, or would she just be like the very protective like mother to mm-hmm. him? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I do feel like this movie's infused with a certain gayness, whether it's Absolutely. Flap's cuteness Absolutely. or like the show tunes or Aurora's, you know, divaness. Yeah. There, there, there's definitely, or, yeah. or the, the, the humor certainly mm-hmm. is pretty, you know. Border. So I was looking at <clears throat> the top grossing movies of 1983. This is the second highest grossing movie of 1983. This was number one for several weeks when it came out. Wow. Yeah. It's yeah. just like, now it's like, I mean, this that ain't no like superhero movie. <laughs> Culture is trash. <laughs> I mean, it was beat by it was. It came runner up to the Return of the Jedi. What? So the I looked up the the highest grossing movies of 1983: Return of the Jedi, Terms of Endearment. I mean, Flashdance, another movie that we need to cover on the show. That, but that's a bona fide. That's yeah, a bona fide that's, banger. Yeah. banger. Yeah. Trading, yeah. trading places, war games, Octopussy. So I mean, I guess that you get a few. You had a James Bond. You in get there. like you a few had, had a big IPs mo- yeah. IP movies. Trading yeah. Places is a, mm-hmm. is, is a major sort of like fish out of water. You know, yeah. it's a buddy movie. It's like it's like for, it's like it's like a Brett Ratner movie of the, of the time. Yeah. yeah, that's true. That's true. And um, Eddie Murphy was Eddie Murphy was like hot rising. Dude, Trading star. Places. I remember loving as a kid yeah. and watching it a lot. Yeah. I haven't revisited it as an adult. Oh no, no! I don't think I've ever seen Trading Places. Years, yeah. But I've, but it was it was that it. movie that I we loved, it, and yeah. then it was wasn't Jamie like, Lee Curtis in it? I think so. Yeah, that's yep. the one yeah. she's in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I always get Forty Eight Hours and Trading mm-hmm. Places. She's in mm-hmm. Trading Places. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Sudden Impact number seven, Staying Alive, and one of those things that mm-hmm. I kind of assume that Staying Alive like tanked, but I mean apparently it made like sixty four million dollars. So with inflation, wow. that's probably over a hundred million. Mr. Mom, love Mr. Mom. Also. Yeah. Michael Keaton, kind of a stealth hottie dad in that movie. Oh, totally. <laughs> yeah. um, and then Risky Business. 
Okay. We just did a revisit of Risky that Business. That is a really good top ten. Does what Risky Business hold up? Have you, uh, um, you did the re- I think I fell asleep. I think I fell asleep <laughs> sort of towards the end. Um, the score of Risky Business is really mm-hmm. beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, the It's not Angelus. It is it's Tangerine Dream. Okay. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. Tangerine Dream. Yeah, they did uh, Near Dark. Legend. Mm-hmm. Legend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I mean they, Near they, Dark we've had on the DVR for like three years. Okay. And I'm like, keep having to get this one to watch guys, it. And I near dark is not watching everything. It. I know. My a dear friend of mine, Paxton. Jo- a dear friend of mine, Josh Miller, plays the boy vampire. Oh, okay. Josh was the little gay boy in Teen Witch. <gasps> oh, oh we sure. Love him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, it's not your birthday, you're, Rose. You're, <laughs> what does he say about the homework? Mm-hmm. Your here's your homework. Yeah. Uh, freshly ironed. Freshly yeah. ironed. Yeah. He's <laughs> a little. He was a little gay diva. And love it. I'm so in awe. And when I was a kid growing up. That's right. He is in Near Dark. I forgot. <laughs> when I was a kid in the 80s, Near Dark and River's Edge were two very impactful uh, things for me. Yes. And Josh was also Keanu's yeah. little brother in River's Edge. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's in, in Near in River's Edge, he's androgynous. You can't, you yeah. just, the first shot of him, you're like, is that a boy or a girl? And he's, mm-hmm. he's dropping his, his, his sister's doll into the river. And then in Near Dark, he's like this fucking badass androgynous old man trapped in a little boy's body vampire <laughs> and he's a full-on diva in, in near dark mm-hmm. and it's, it's incredible yeah that character yeah. in teen witch is such a trip just because mm-hmm. it's so much fun to it's just wild see these kooky mm-hmm. these like this kooky performance by this child well, and he, i feel like children like <laughs> never sort of get that that like range. They don't let kids to, do that to kind play of stuff crazy. Anymore. No, no. Fla- flaming children are not allowed <laughs> to flame out on camera. You rarely see. And in Team Witch, you got to see that. And then in Near Dark and River's Edge, you see that too. In, in, yeah. In, in, in darker ways. Yeah. Yeah. And oh, I mean, and, and I loved him in that, and I related to him, and now we're very dear friends. Oh, we've that's been, awesome. We've been friends for twenty five years. Oh, that's. As a matter of fact, he was the one who brought Rose McGowan to Los Angeles. because oh. Rose was an extra in Class of nineteen ninety nine with Pam Greer. That Get Josh, out. That Josh is also in. I oh, saw that. Wow. The theater, yeah, and Josh and yeah, and back then Josh was straight, and yeah, Rose was gorge, and he yeah. he's like he brought her to L.A. Wow, that's amazing. Very weird. Did, I I feel like in like on how did this get made or something? Somebody somebody said that he was in the pussy posse for a while. Yes, he, he's he is he's he really, really in the pussy he, posse. He just sort of okay. child <laughs> renegade actor. No, of the he age. was close with yeah. Toby Maguire yeah. and like. He dated. He he's in that documentary about the nineties. Kid ninety, Kid ninety, which we love. So many moon fry made. I love that documentary. It's so good. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that. I'm I'm we're sitting there watching in our old apartment watching Kid 90 and I'm just like these are all my friends right I don't know any of them mm-hmm. but they're all my buddies mm-hmm. <laughs> I grew up with all of them totally <laughs> so good watch Kid 90 listeners it's on Hulu <laughs> we gotta watch it again it's an incredible time capsule it really is oh man but um, I think that Teddy the youngest brother in this movie they go through a lot of pains to, to show how much in love he is with baby Melanie yeah, he's const- he asks if he can hold her. He's like, he's the one that comes into the room and says Melanie's sick. Mm-hmm. He's like leaning over her and like playing mm-hmm. with her in the playpen. And she's like, "Don't kiss the baby. The baby's still sick." And he's like holding her hand and kisses her little mm-hmm. hand. Little Teddy is like just in love with the baby, you know. And for a little kid that age to be that, you know, 
over she's, the moon. She's got a maternal baby. instinct, honey. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And yeah. I think that might be a little care, a little mm-hmm. teeny 1983. Mm-hmm. We're going to throw this in there. And, and he's very sen- he's a very sensitive. Very sensitive. Yeah. He's yeah. the one that's just that little sensitive he's crying. Sensitive code word for gay yeah. of the 80s. Yeah. Yep. yeah. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my takeaway. I, 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 I feel that. Okay. Okay. <laughs> we got to have at least one gay character in there. And I mean. And let, he's adorable. And he's so cute. Yeah. That little mm-hmm. haircut. Yeah. Um, but let's be real. Uh, Patsy's probably experimented. In no, York. yeah, for sure. Oh, oh no. sure. Patsy, With those bored housewives. Mm-hmm. Patsy and Emma <laughs> fully hooked up I when think, they were teenagers. I think they did. Fully. I think they experimented. Oh, yeah. They've, oh, yeah. they've yeah. at least made out. All oh, that, for sure. All that mm-hmm. weed. Sure. The, yeah. Listening to Mary Martin, no Mary question. Martin. I love <laughs> when she says it's Mary Martin and just how pissed off Emma. This <laughs> is Ethel Merman, that raspy, that raspy mm-hmm. Deborah Winger voice. But yeah, I think I think Patsy and her definitely have a history. There's a, a very, it's just a, such an interesting androgyny to Deborah Winger because mm-hmm. of that voice, mm-hmm. and you know, she and um, McLean are both Tauruses. Okay. Taurus women can be a Cape Blanche is a Taurus. They, they can be divas. Sure. Mm-hmm. It, is, it is the first earth sign. They are here sure. to apprehend our material world. <laughs> they are good with money. They are good with things. They are strong. It's a very grounded, strong, yeah. intense, mm-hmm. sexually charged sign. And I think there's something just intrinsically gay about a mother-daughter where both of them are, are, are sort of divas sure. in their own ways. Yeah, yeah. And I, I read an article about this or an interview or something where Winger said that she based her character off of a – Norman Rockwell painting. Okay. She felt like Emma comes out of a Norman Rockwell painting, dresses like one, acts like one, yeah. and has the goodness and, um, I don't know, earnestness mm-hmm. of that world. Because mm-hmm. in, in, in that tracks, because what other kind of character could, could cope with a mother yeah, and, and, yeah. Hold, and hold space for a narcissist like a, a, yeah, Aurora? Yeah. It's very interesting how fleshed out these characters are and how they have fully formed mm-hmm. lives and down to things like her wardrobe and how Emma's presented to us. And it's like Deborah Winger is a beautiful woman, but I think the whole time in this movie, like with her hair and th- she's never re- she doesn't get the chance to be glamorous like Aurora or like Patsy. Yeah. She's a mom or even on her wedding day that – I mean it's the early 70s, mm-hmm. quote unquote. But that dress is a little holly hobby. It's up to her chin. The ne- it's, she's completely And covered. the biggest memory of the dress – the biggest moment the dress has in the movie is when Flap – When it's over her head. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Flap throws it over her head and goes down on her. Here comes the breath. And she's like, where did you learn that? <laughs> Certainly yeah. not in a Norman Rockwell painting. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When she's – when I first watched this movie and she said – here comes around. And I was watching this alone. I was so embarrassed. I was like, oh <laughs> my God. <laughs> Deborah Winger's performance, there is no there is not a, a, a strip of vanity no. about that performance. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's part of why it works so well. Mm-hmm. Like she does not give she yeah. is putting it all out there. Yeah. And then, you know, from the wigs to the, the, the hair, the, 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 the emotions, yeah. the it's 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 all on the table. Yeah. And that's what makes it so unique yeah. of a performance mm-hmm. and unique of just these characters when you watch it yeah. because you can feel that it doesn't feel yeah. acted whereas at all feel contrived yeah. everything is rooted in reality yeah, yeah. and that's mm-hmm. why i simply could not accept steel magnolias <laughs> and you guys are going to get so much blowback from that probably, I mean, from, probably. From, from the gays from the gays <laughs> no but it's like but, yeah, but it's the context in which you see movies yeah. the yeah. age the, and the mm-hmm. emotional experience yeah no but you watch this and mm-hmm. you watch deborah winger and it's like 
God bless Julia, but she's not doing anywhere and near Julia the Roberts. Work so fascinating that, that Julia Roberts is from the South. She's from Georgia, but yet when she does Southern accents in movies, mm. it sounds like she's doing a bad Southern accent <laughs> yeah. in movies. I think Julia gives yeah. a, you know a more emotional, nuanced performance in Mystic Pizza. Yeah. Sure. You know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. Something about like Shelby and all that. It's just yeah, I don't know. It's a little. It's a little flowery and yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a melodrama. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Melodrama. It's, yeah. And it's flowery. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. You know because James L. Brooks before this he had written on you know for years in TV mm-hmm. right. Taxi. Maud, yep. Taxi. Yeah. Mary Tyler Moore show. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then he get, he does this movie based on this book. You you have to imagine the book is wild. It's just beautifully lived in. Yeah, mm-hmm. and he read somewhere that he said it was the one of the hardest writing experiences for him was to adapt this book. Yeah, yeah, and because he probably loved everything that he had to cut out. Mm-hmm. 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 Um, are you a big broadcast news fan? Oh my god, I love broadcast news. It's <laughs> oh been a while since I have fucking revisited god. broadcast news, and I also I went to like broadcasting school, and there's something about the anxiety of live news that still to this day that when I watch clips of that scene of Albert Brooks like sweating when he's doing like like the camera stuff or Joan Cusack like running across like the newsroom to get mm-hmm. the tape in mm-hmm. it still gives me just anxiety <laughs> that I go back to my directing for the camera classes that I still am like this is terrifying broadcast news is probably mm-hmm. considered a better film than sure. terms of endearment yeah mm-hmm. it is i mean yeah. it's, it's i don't know you know if you look at the reviews and you go back but I, I feel like in t- terms of endearment, it's a more emotionally. Yeah. I mean, the mother, the mother daughter love story is yeah. just tra- transcendent. Mm-hmm. But broadcast news is brilliant. And I mean, th- Holly Hunter gives an equally. Yeah. I would say Holly Hunter gives Holly a performance Hunter's very, great. very much like Deborah Winger's performance sure. in this. Um, James L. Brooks won Best Director for Terms of Endearment. I believe so. I believe he did, and I believe it was his first movie. Does that happen? Never. Anymore? That is unheard of. <laughs> you know, the only first movie in, in recent times that I can say is as assured mm-hmm. as James L. Brooks' Terms of Endearments would be um, Robert Eggers' The Witch. Sure. Yeah. You yeah. Know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean... Which are obviously wildly I mean, right? Yeah. <laughs> I, can, I can also think of other... Uh, I think that Sam Mendes won for American Beauty and he had never done a movie. Oh. Okay, but well, I mean, he came. He also came from stage too. Sure. So, Directed but Sam stage. didn't adapt. No, American. True. Yeah. Yeah. The fact that this dude, that James Lebrook adapted this and directed it. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, and produced it just back in the '80s when you could just do all three and have a sole producing credit on it. Yeah. I want to mention one other film from the '80s around this time period that also gives me the feels. <laughs> Please do. Um, Peter Bogdanovich's Mask. Oh yes. yeah, we ju- we like during the pandemic. Yeah, we, we watched, watched Mask. During, yeah. How was that revisited for you? How was that? It. I mean, I hadn't seen it since I was like 13 years old, and just watching it on cable. That I don't think I'd ever actually watched it completely in one sitting. Yeah, and I think that I mean we lived in Pasadena, the San Gabriel Valley, for like over 10 years, and the movies set in the SGV in like Covina. Covina so it yeah. was just like, yeah, this is like our hood. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but did you guys cry? But share, I mean, get yeah. the hell out of here. <clears throat> did you guys cry your little eyeballs out at the end? <laughs> mm-hmm. Not as much as I did in last night okay. for terms, okay. but I did. It was definitely something. I think I, I related like, to Rocky so to that character, the boy mm-hmm. that, his de- deformed face, mm-hmm. to his otherness. Yeah, growing up as a queer kid. Yeah, you know, yeah. and just kind of. It's a thing that he had that was 
he couldn't hide it at all. Right. He couldn't yeah. put a hat right. on. No, he right. couldn't mm-hmm. get away from it. And he just had a certain attitude about this is, you know, my life or whatever. Mm-hmm. And so that that was something that mm-hmm. it was like it's one of those things that there's like memes about it. Like there's memes about like kids are the best at finding out who's gay. Mm-hmm. in the room why you mm-hmm. talk like that you know mm-hmm. and growing up it's one of those things that like they all fucking knew before i did oh mm-hmm. yeah everybody in my school sure it's as hell very confusing for a kid. knew it and yep. i was like what yeah and and it's who that, me mary yeah <laughs> what are you talking about you know doing lines from like doing like all of like the best uh lines from the jeffersons that i just totally. seen the night before just wanting to be florence you, like quoting an entire scene of like outrageous fortune Mm-hmm. Of just of just bet dialogue, yeah, oh yeah. I love Down Out in Beverly Hills. Really, yeah. I mean, talk on. about gay. That kid, that was me. <laughs> that, that kid, kid was that me. Kid. We're we're oh working God. our way through the bet touchstone movies. The bet <laughs> touchstone movies. Yeah. We'll do that in beaches yeah. soon, yeah, yeah, yeah. probably. Ruthless people, outrageous fortune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all those. Yeah, but yeah, mask is it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Shares great. I mean, uh, what's his name? Mustache. Eric Stoltz? Oh, no. uh, Sam Elliott. Sam Elliott. Uh, so hot. Get out of here. Yeah. That's another one that is – that movie started my mom's love affair with Sam Elliott. To this day, she's like, also oh, like, Sam Elliott. Oh, she has to get the fan out. Sam Elliott and like Sam Roadhouse. Elliott. Yeah, but I think Mask was the one that really set her off because yeah. my mom and Cher go way back. They are old friends. <laughs> um, but yeah, just movies from that time period. I mean, they don't, they don't do these like uh, – they don't – what yeah, do what do we have? What do we what have? Do we have? Do we have? Come on, we can't have nice. We can't have nice things we anymore. I mean, I, nice I, I mean, I guess that like TV does it with a yeah. show like Mayor of Easttown. Yeah, but also, I mean, just very different, mm-hmm. different mediums. Yeah, but yeah. but Mayor of Easttown is a sort of true crime. Yeah, like mm-hmm. you can't. It's kind mm-hmm. of like cop drama. <laughs> what, what, what what something like the uh, Bridget Everett show on HBO? Somebody somewhere. Sure. Which nobody knows about. Yeah. But you know what I mean? Like That's a very small p- human mm-hmm. comedy drama. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. But yeah, you're right. I feel like there's uh, like, you know, when we have to dig and say like, Noel Baumbach is doing something like James O. Brooks mm-hmm. is doing, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I, it's it's just, it was a different time and we're able to have these movies. You know, like you you said the top 10 of 83. Yeah. Bangers. Very very eclectic. All great. Very mm-hmm. eclectic. There is All different types of genres. And yeah. I mean, just uh, there's something in there for everyone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, I mean, this movie, we did have to rent it. It's not streaming anywhere this one on does any of the platforms. Come and go it comes and goes on yeah. streaming. I, yeah. I watched this on Showtime. Okay. Yes, yep. it did. We noticed it was on Showtime. And it was yeah. really cool. It was a beautiful 4K, 2K or 4K transfer. Okay. I have only ever, I own this movie on, on DVD. Mm-hmm. So I've only watched it in standard death sure. all these years. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So to watch Terms of Endearment on my projector. Oh, wow. Very nice. By myself <laughs> in 2K, in, in high death. Yeah, yeah. I saw this whole level of detail I've never seen before. It was really, it was really Isn't great. Isn't that great? We comment mm-hmm. about that mm-hmm. on, a lot on this show mm-hmm. is that, you know, we'll watch on this 4K TV. Mm-hmm. And in our old apartment, the couch was about right yeah. there. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> we're, so you could really tell. We're catching you these got details. a nice setup. I will let you know, listeners, they have like light, <laughs> this really pretty blue light behind the flat screen. Oh, it's all about it's the rotating It's, color it's all about the rotating colors LEDs. on the flat screen. Uh, yeah. Yep. yeah. We are, this, there's a lot, there is a lot of, the, we, are, we are in a mini cinema here <laughs> yes indeed yeah. so but yeah catching stuff like that when you watch these older movies you know in in high def you're just like holy shit see like i mean you can see when i 
revisit Labyrinth on Blu-ray mm-hmm. on like a 4K scan, you can see the color of the wallpaper mm-hmm. in Sarah's living room, which I never noticed. You as a can kid. see you can see yep. Bowie's blown out eye. Yep, you can mm-hmm. see yeah, that crazy Bowie's people blown that, out eye, which I never as it, really as clocked kids, as a we kid. Never noticed watching Incredible. on VHS. But um, yeah, uh, this movie is streaming on Showtime right now. Uh, we rented it. It was a what three four dollars. Skip yeah. your was it skip your latte. Was it high def? Yeah, we watched yeah. on Amazon. It was, it was a good transfer. It was a really good transfer. I'm going to make beautiful. the bold statement. I think this is probably one of the best movies to come out of the 1980s. Oh, no question. That yeah. if you were going to do a no top question. five of great movies of the 80s, I think that Terms of Endearment has to be on there. And you know what's interesting? Oftentimes, best picture winners mm-hmm. do not age well. That's oh, no. Yeah. Look at like the best picture winners of the last 10 years. Cra- crash. <laughs> crash. Yeah. I mean, does anyone give the, a shit about Argo anymore? No. Yeah. The artist? No the one cares. Artist? What's the artist? Yeah. People were mad about Green Book the minute it won. <laughs> and girl, La La Land? Oh, that didn't win. Uh, Oops. That didn't win. No <laughs> Um, but still, yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, this it's this definitely stood the test of time. And uh, I mean, other than like the clothing or the outward like seventies and eightiesness of it, it just it doesn't feel like you're watching like the Goodbye Girl or something. You know, like something that's super duper seventies. You know, I think it's just- unfortunate that this movie does not get embraced. Yeah. By yeah. sort of art house theaters. It never yeah. plays in the Beverly. Yeah. Yeah. You know, or the American Cinematheque. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't see this film yeah. having a life. I think the tearjerker aspect of it mm-hmm. and the and the the age of it makes mm-hmm. people kind of I don't know, maybe just just people forget or they're just like, Oh, that's another schmaltz you know, melodrama. If you're like and also nuts. for for like viewers that are maybe intimidated it are intimidated by it being sad, we'll have to say very, very funny. So that, like, for the most part, it's. I would played, say it's mostly it's, a comedy. It's yes. played out yeah. as a comedy. Yeah. yeah, it takes you know a hard turn in the last yeah. <laughs> like, twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah, but I will say, or yeah. half hour, twenty five minutes. Yeah. I mean, time. I don't know how. I mean, James L. Brooks is a master of pacing. Yes, I yeah. can't even get over how fast this the movie passes. Yeah, it's, absolutely. It's actually staggering. It's hilarious. Yeah. Lol. Yeah, we were lol. Yes, all last night we were mm-hmm. la- mostly at. Shirley McLean. Yeah. Oh, Mostly yeah. Shirley McLean. Shirley McLean's line some. delivery, like, mm-hmm. I mean, she knocks all of that dialogue yeah. out of mm-hmm. the park. Yeah. For, like we said, first scene, first shots mm-hmm. of the movie. The first shot of the movie is the baby nightlight. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. once she opens the door, it's cribbed out. We were dying. Mm-hmm. And it just started. I was like, oh my yeah, God. It's this, crazy. Is, this is amazing. Yeah. Was <laughs> like um, that Reese Witherspoon movie that uh, James L. Brooks did, did it kind of like ruin his. <laughs> what was it, that movie? What it was, it? how do you know? The la- yeah, the last couple, of and that was. Did, I mean, that right. movie was Reese Witherspoon, Paul Rudd. It cost a lot of money, and it didn't make anything. And he hasn't made a movie since. I don't know. What the, I don't. It's I don't called know. How Do You Know? How yeah. Do You Know? That was his last major movie. I, I mean, I guess that he just still produces The Simpsons. Well, he's, and like, so he's he's richer than God. Made him a very very yeah. rich man, so he <laughs> just really doesn't need to anymore. He's richer than God. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, Jack is in How Do You Know. Yeah, I remember oh, that oh, being. Hahn. I remember that being sort of a. Uh, it was supposed to be a big deal. It came out and yeah. it got pretty yeah. savage. I, I remember as good mm-hmm. as it gets. As yeah. good as it gets. Yeah, was that, was that James L. Brooks? Yeah, because mm-hmm. Julie Benz has a moment in that from Jawbreaker. Oh, <laughs> yep, that's what <laughs> Julie Benz. And that dog's uh, really cute. The little Brussels the dog, Griffon. Yeah. <laughs> one one Helen or Oscar. Also, I mean, it won Jack an Oscar. Is so it, he is has Greg Kinnear in that. Yes, yep, he is. Greg Kinnear. He's the tragic gay character. You know who I like? You know what filmmaker I really like. Iris Axe. Iris I haven't Axe. seen too many Iris Axe. He does movies. it. His, his his last film. One of his last. 
Love is Strange, I think it was Okay, called. Love is Strange is with Alfred Molina. Yeah, but then and- he had a movie after that with Greg Kinnear called Men or Man. Okay. I don't know what it's yeah. called, Children. I don't know what it's called, but mm-hmm. I love it. I, I think, okay. and the reason I'm, I, I'm not pulling it, he's a humanist sure. filmmaker. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not doing that great comedy drama balance. Right, right. Works James in the L. same medium as yeah. James L. Brooks. I will sure. say that, yeah, he's a modern queer director mm-hmm. who is giving us very human... Oh, very human. did he do the movie about the two uh, two gay men that one of them was, like, addicted to crack or yes, something? Yes, yes. Turn off the light? Yes. Turn Turn on the light? Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. I've seen that. Okay, all right. Well, but but, but please do watch his latest film with Greg Kinnear. Right. It was on Netflix for a while. The title, I can't, oh, Little Men is Little, Little Men. Little sure, Men. Yeah, it yeah, is, yeah. It, I just think it's a, a beautiful film and so emotional and, and, and lovely, and great child performances. Okay, watch it, you guys. Right. Yeah, we will add it to the queue. But you the have to watch Near Dark first. Yes, I'm holding you to it, you guys. I mean, I'm no, make no, watch it. not in. Put it to number one on your list. <laughs> Maybe we'll watch it tonight. Yeah, you guys. <laughs> Bill Paxton's so wonderful in it. I mean, it's Catherine Bigelow's first movie. Yeah. Jeanette Goldstein from yes. Aliens. There's three actors from Aliens in it. Mm-hmm. That alone should make you watch it. And the first Terminator, I think. Mm-hmm. Is Lance Henriksen in it? Well, the three from Aliens are yeah, Paxton, are, Henriksen, and Jeanette Goldstein, and Jeanette Goldstein who is yeah. Vasquez, who's, a, okay. who's great. Yeah. So two from Terminator 1, one from Terminator mm-hmm. 2. <laughs> and all three from Aliens. Yes. Love it. Okay, we'll definitely watch yeah. that. Well, thank you so much, Darren. For this has been so much fun. Talk about this with yes. Are you up to anything like recently yeah. that you wanted to plug? plug, plug I am up away. to some fun things. I mean, you know, nothing's like sign on the dotted line okay. yet. So to okay. talk about it is strange. Sure. I saw an IMDb that Jawbreaker TV show, and I think that I That's read a press release it is not okay. happening. No, but I am, IMDb needs to take it off your, <laughs> your upcoming. I am in the process of trying to get made uh, Jawbreaker the movie musical Ooh. remake. I just actually um, pitched it to Chloe Bailey of Chloe and Haley. Okay. And she loved it. And we're going to see what happens. All right. But I mean, none of this. I mean, yeah. I, I'm, I'm, so, I'm very silly for talking about this because it's not happening, but I don't care. Yeah. No. I, haven't, I'm, I, don't, I don't have any like. We're manifesting things yeah, today. Yeah, manifesting. manifesting things. <laughs> but Darren, like. I, I do mean, not jinx. I manifest. Exactly. I mean, absolutely. I grew up. Like, I was, like, a young person when Jawbreaker came out. I remember seeing the poster in our small hometown theater, and I fully knew that, oh, this movie is not coming within 100 <laughs> miles of my small of town. Montana. But I remember <laughs> just being fascinated with it. Yeah. And I think that was, because I, you knew on some level a gay man, yeah. a queer person yeah. was involved with this. And Absolutely. I just remember being, like, 13 years old and looking at all three of them and just being like, those are women. Those are not <laughs> girls. Like, those are women. Well, you know what? Mm-hmm. As a little gay kid, I was always like um, fascinated by Carrie and Grease. Yep. Yeah. Because those two movies, they weren't girls, they weren't boys, they were men and women. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh my God, in high school, I'm going to be a man and there's going to be yes. women. And oh my. You know, and so Jawbreaker, I really wanted. I, I consciously wanted everyone to look like adults. Yeah, you know? yep. yeah. It's, 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 mm-hmm. It was a very conscious... And just sort of that movie it. ages so well just because it lives in its own kooky universe. It does. Yeah. That it doesn't... It's not dated because everyone just sort of has this... Has the style. It does. Mm-hmm. I wanted it to be timeless. And I feel like I have a lot of catching up to do with Heather's... <laughs> to my sisters. Right. I, I mean, she is the Jan Brady of that, of that trilogy. <laughs> you know, Heather's has a musical that had a series. Mean Girls has had a... 
you know, Broadway, and now it's going to be a movie musical. It's like, I mean, you're working your way. Like, <laughs> you know, Jawbreaker's you're, like the dark cult. You're God. constantly, you're constantly competing with the Waters brothers. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I've told, I've told this story about Daniel Waters before. Do you want me to tell it again on your podcast? Yeah, sure, please do. Okay. Well, I made. Well, my first one's called Sparkler, which is great. You guys should see that. Okay. I remember Sparkler. Sparkler. Yep. Freddie Prince Jr. Mm-hmm. Talk about women: Grace Zabriskie, Veronica Cartwright, Park Overall. Ooh. It's got a great Ooh. female cast. That's coming out on streaming. Hopefully, we just did a 2K transfer. Okay. So it's coming out on streaming this year through Strand. Okay. Then I made Jawbreaker. Then I made GBF. Okay. So GBF. Um, okay. When I made that movie, which I didn't write. I wrote mm-hmm. and directed Jawbreaker. GBF, I just directed. Okay. You know, but I did develop the script with the writer. But um, Daniel Waters wrote on my wall on Facebook. <laughs> And John Waters or in Daniel Waters is very active on Facebook. Yeah, I follow da- him. Like, Daniel he posts Waters all the time. Just yep. for people who don't know that he, he wrote Heather's and Batman Returns. Mm-hmm. He's been posting a lot lately because it's like Batman Returns just had a big anniversary. Yeah. Yep. But he he's made it very public over the years that he just did not like Jawbreaker. Thought it ripped off Heather's. <laughs> Good for you. Girl. I'm glad that you're. You know, be, I'd rather have someone be more real than not. Sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, Tina Fey says nothing about her influences. You know, it's yeah. like I'm very I'm very verbal about the fact that I was influenced by films like. Heather's, uh, Carrie, Grease, mm-hmm. Rock and Roll High School. Mm-hmm. Yes. You know? So anyway, he wrote on my Facebook wall, <clears throat> we all know that I'm not a fan of your first film. A fan. <laughs> but I have seen GBF and welcome to the club of iconic teen movies. <gasps> uh, kind of like uh, a, a good backhanded compliment. Yeah, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And I was like, that's cool that you love GBF so much that you think it's an iconic team movie. But, yeah. But I was already in that but club. But welcome Thank to the club. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Isn't that good? That is amazing. And he's heterosexual. <laughs> wait. Wait a minute. He's wait. not gay. No. Wait. Oh, man. I think, I think I just assumed that he was just a, a big old homo. No. Wow. That's... And I believe his brother, Mark Waters, who directed Mean Girls, is not gay either. He's married with kids as well. Mm-hmm. That is Daniel Waters doesn't have kids, though. The cattiest him. comment from a straight person well, honey, I've ever heard. He wrote Heather's, the yeah, cattiest movie gee, of all time. Yeah. Oh, my God. It just goes that to show that sexuality and gender are two different things. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. And guess what? Heather's is fucking brilliant it yeah, is the godmother i've only ever said that about that yeah. movie yeah um so i have nothing but love for daniel waters yeah <laughs> and he has nothing but love for gbf <laughs> <laughs> but one thing i will say that i feel vindicated about is mm. i was doing a i was on that attack of the queer wolf podcast a while ago mm. and with, with rebecca mckendry who's like a horror a horror right. sort of a academic mm-hmm. and she's directing and she's really brilliant and she said to me, and we were on the Rocky Horror episode, mm-hmm. which was great. We we're both obsessed with Rocky Horror. Yeah. And she goes, Darren, you should know. I want to tell you. I interviewed John Waters back when I think Serial Mom came out or something. Mm-hmm. Or, or maybe it was, I don't know, it was Pecker or something. Sure. And it was in the 90s. And she was like, have you ever seen, they're talking about teen movies. And she said, have you ever seen Drop Dead Gorgeous? I love Drop Dead Gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And Waters was like, no, I haven't seen that. I got to see that. And John's like, but have you ever seen Jawbreaker? <gasps> And she goes, of course, I love Jawbreaker. And he's like, well, I love that movie. That's the one that you should see. And I, lo- I think it's great. I don't know. Maybe Rebecca didn't see it at the time and she saw it because John recommended it. Wow. But knowing that John was a yeah. fan. Sure. That's yeah. kind that, of. I mean, it's yeah. just like That's any shady thing that yeah. anyone ever <laughs> says about Jawbreaker, you can always just pull. Yeah. Well, 
John Waters likes it. So, the, <laughs> and how the weird fuck, is that that I the just fuck is your opinion? Yeah, and how interesting that I just learned that a year or two ago when I was on that podcast. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's funny that you. Yeah. Ju- oh my god! Yeah, wow. it, it made me feel good. Yeah, totally. Because I John was it. obviously a huge influence. Oh for me. yeah, yeah. And when sure. I re- when I went back and rewatched, uh, yeah, Pink Flamingos and Female Trouble, I was like, fuck, this guy really influenced me. <laughs> you know, it's very, like those yeah. subliminal things that you're like, I kind of took that. Yeah, you um. Friend and past guest of us reached out to Criterion, and he got us the new um, Pink Flamingos oh, earlier. I'm yeah. so jealous. All of the all of the supplements are great. I'm so jealous. Yeah. There, there's extras of John going to old locations, and he just goes over to the house that I mean, like it's a beautiful like countryside house now where the where the trailer was, and he like walks through the just location, just on the door with the the people that live there. <laughs> yep. You know the fact that John loves Jawbreaker and the fact that Joshua Grinnell, aka Peaches Christ. Is mm-hmm. literally dear friends with him. Yeah, to me that's just enough. Yeah. I feel, so cool. I, I feel like John's on my orbit. Oh yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, you're, all, I don't feel the need to be his friend. I don't feel the need to like any of that. I just love to know that he's close. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. peripherally yes, connected. Exactly. I love it. Only one degree. One degree. Yeah, love it. Great. And now we are two degrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because you've been on our show. Thank you so much thank again you so for much. coming on. My pleasure. Yes, mm-hmm. indeed. This was this you was guys a lot great. Of fun. Yeah, thank you so much. We would love to have you on again in the future. I would love that. Yeah, that would be great. But uh until then, we will bid you adieu. Thank you so much and we will see you very very soon. Bye. <laughs> And thank you so much for listening, everybody. Fun show. Yes, indeed. Go uh, check out All About Evil. Yeah, All About Evil. Darren's movie. Mm-hmm. It's uh, released by Severin. And there's a new films. Severin Blu-ray transfer mm-hmm. anniversary. I think it's uh came out in like 2010, so it's like mm-hmm. the 12th. 12 mm-hmm. years, yeah. It was, was going to be a 10-year anniversary spectacular, but then the pandemic happened. Pandemic so. happened. Peaches Christ pandemic. wanted to show it uh, mm-hmm. in the movie theaters again, so yeah. But yeah, go, go check that out. It's available through Severn Films, and um, you can buy the awesome Blu-ray. It looks amazing. Um, uh, patrons, you can yeah. also find a link to it in the newest newsletter. So mm-hmm. head over and check that yeah, out. Yeah, we did a little write-up on it. Mm-hmm. Speaking of patrons... Ooh, Patreon shout-outs. Yes, indeed. We'd love to say hey, hey, hello to Ted, Benny, Jermel, Melanie, Christopher, Susan, JJ, Layton, Shelby, Michael, Charlie, Muffy, Paul, Jamie, Drew, Jimmy, Genevieve, Don, Joshua, Emma, Melly, Aaron, Melinda, Jim, Jessica, Nick, and Shannon, Christine, and Rufino. Thank you for being Thank patrons. you so much. Head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. There's a brand new newsletter. We, you'll inboxes. get the newsletter. You'll get all of the watch with this commentaries. Mm-hmm. Over 20 movies mm-hmm. where we've provided. And there will be a new one by the time checks. this episode comes out. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. So check out uh, the latest commentary. We don't even know what it is because we've recorded this from the past. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, head over to patreon.com slash movies that made us gay. Thank you so much, everybody, for being patrons and um, support us. Give us, five stars. Give us five stars. Write us a review. Absolutely. We'll read any and all new reviews that get posted on Apple. If you write us some podcasts. kind words, we will read them on the air. Yes, indeed. And if you give us five, if you listen to uh, Apple Podcasts or Spotify, you can give us five stars right there through the app on your phone. It's in your hand right now. Don't lie to me. It is. You know it. I know it. Um, you can also uh, follow us on any and all these social media platforms. We are on all of them. On Instagram and on Facebook, we are at Movies That Made Us Gay. And 
on Twitter at MTMUGpod. Yes, indeed. And if you so uh, dare, you can follow our personal accounts. My name is Pete. I am on Instagram and uh, Twitter at Peter Lasagna. And you can follow me, Scott Youngballer, on Instagram and follow my letterbox. I post to it almost every day. Yes, indeed. Thank you so much again for listening once again. We will see you next week. Bye. Bye.